Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big sales! Listen here, man. I'm not one of these dudes that like to sit here and tell you I was right. But you had no chance to win that game Sunday. I just didn't think you'd get killed. You you had no shot to win that football game. And it was evident for about 52 minutes. Um, I couldn't believe that you got killed. I think you're on the cusp of a two-game losing streak. And I'll explain here in a minute. Um, they destroyed you. And I'll, and I'll ask a question to your cheerleader coach. Let me put this out there to your cheerleader coach. Why in the world with five minutes and 19 seconds left in the fourth quarter and you're down 42 to the 19 after the guy goes into the blue tent and then he goes into the locker room. Do you have Jalen Hurts out there? In a football game. You were getting killed. Why are you playing him. When you've got Dallas. In six days. What was that? I mean. Shit the only person that actually wanted to do any hitting out there was Big Dom. And by the way. Well for the record. Um, you can't put your hands on a player. You're, you're you're not on the side. Now, I get why the referee threw Greenlaw out because they probably thought he was a coach and they didn't know that he was the head of security. Can't put your hands on a player. You're not there to protect the Eagle guys in the game. You're head of security, dude. It would not shock me if they keep him and uh, restrict him from being on the sidelines. They did that to a um, a photographer a couple months ago, restricted access. Can't put your hands on a player. Plain and simple. You're not there for that guy. That's not what your job is. Hey, did, did, did I did, did I like the guy's whole deal? Yeah, I like the guy's, the legend of Big Dom. I like it. I got it. I'm, I'm good. But you can't have that. You, can, you can't have people on the sidelines putting their hands on players. It's it just, that player... Greenlaw had every right to punch him in the face. Don't touch me, guy. That's not your responsibility. I'm surprised he didn't get punched in the face. He would have been in the right. He would have been in the right. By the way, the Greenlaw body slam, it's not a dirty play. Okay? However, when you slam him out of bounds like that, that's a dirty play. Grabbed him inbounds and slammed him out. Guy, got to let him go. Can't be doing that. It's a 15-yard penalty. 
Okay? Completely destroyed. You still think you're 10-2 team, you're the best team in the league? What's that get you now? What's that 10-2 team get you now with that record? Nothing. After being annihilated. Nothing. I'm going to give you my takeaways. As we always do here on a football Monday. This is not a championship football defense. You do not have a championship football defense. Why was Swift running crossing routes with 250 in the fourth? Asinine coaching. Just absolutely. By the way, let me walk back on something I addressed with you and I told you that it would come back to haunt you. Your love affair with your linebacker, Nicobe Dean, jaded the entire defense because all of you thought because he was a molecular engineer or should have been a guy who worked for SpaceX and Elon Musk, that he was going to be so smart and that how he outsmarted everybody your linebacker position is by far the worst in the league. And for them to count on him was a joke. And I explicitly told you that that would come back to haunt you. And it surely did. Big Dom hasn't seen. <laughs> hey, shooter, all good. I like the guy, actually. No heart. Reddick was the only one to back his mouth up. The coaches were Bush League. The Eagles acted like this was just another day. Taking Ganell is fine, but you, you showed up like you don't even give a shit. Warrior, missed tackles is fatigue. I told you this team was too tired. Had gone through a ton of reps. When you didn't get 14 points, in the first two drives, and you settled for six, it was over. It was completely over after that. It, the game was not competitive. After the first 8-19 was played, and the Eagles looked like they were doing a great job pressuring the quarterback, I thought, Birdie was, I thought Brock Purdy was rattled. I thought he was rattled. But when you guys didn't come away with 14 points, and you only came away with six, it was over. It was over. Um, your cornerbacks, James Trashberry and Paper Mache Slay, were awful. They were awful in the ball game. They were just absolutely terrible. By the way. Once they figured out the linebacking core couldn't cover George Kittle, you had no answers for him, as I said you wouldn't. You had no answers for the guy. And you had no answers for McCaffrey. Last three weeks, 174 yards rushing versus your defense. 168 and then one. 46 
you have a really good run defense? Where? Is it in hibernation now? I know what happens. There's every eagle besides Lane got an email stating that this was just a joint practice, not a game. J.H., Lane Johnson was spectacular. Uh, um, Nick Boza was a non-factor. He made some plays. Lane was – I thought Lane was exceptional. The two best offensive tackles were in that ball game yesterday afternoon. Lane Johnson and Trent Williams. Those two guys were absolutely insane. I mean, he, he I thought Lane Johnson, as banged up as he was, I thought he beat up Nick Bozum. Thought he was spectacular in the ball game. Linebackers had no way of covering George Kittle in the game. No way of covering him. Zero uncovering Kittle. I thought he was exceptional. I'm happy that the linebacker play has been shed every even better since the Eagles got embarrassed. Perhaps now Howie will wake up and finally value the linebacker position. No, he won't because you're paying other people in other positions. Isn't it funny? The 49ers have two of the best linebackers in the NFL. And also they paid for a running back in McCaffrey. Those are the two things that killed you yesterday. And those are the areas of the football team that Howie doesn't give a shit about. By the way, your return on value for your corners, one guy's making 12 and the other guy's making 14. You basically have almost $30 million of cornerback play in their garbage. Why won't we stick with the run game? We're going to get to all of this, I promise you. Will the beast? I promise you. And by the way, don't ever say anything about Brock Purdy. He had a 148 quarterback number. You guys are out of your mind. And he only costs 900 grand. Think of that. That's why I told you before. When you have a $900,000 quarterback, okay? You have a $900,000 quarterback versus a $50 million quarterback, and he plays like that? That's incredible. The Eagles, for whatever reason, their run game is lost. And because they want to throw the ball so much, they've abandoned it. They've abandoned the run game. And you know why they abandoned the run game? As I told you before, the only power back you have in that organization is the quarterback. Don't you see where your run game is gone? The run game is non-existent any longer because they don't want the quarterback running any longer. Hey, let me underscore something here. Do I think that you can beat San Francisco in January? I want to see what San Francisco looks like. This, you know what's crazy? Some of you in here think that because you're 10 and 2, you're the best team in the league. 
No. This, this league changes every week because of personnel decisions. They didn't score on our corners, but they attacked our linebackers and rookie slot players. Um, they annihilated the entire defense. That's got to be one of the worst defenses in pro football. You see, the radio stations and other people, even on my network, won't tell you. That's not a championship defense. You think you're going to magically fix that against Dallas this weekend? You're high. Where are you going to get better? You're off. Get, get this. I'm not really all that pissed at the offense that much. I'll get to the coordinating and all that. You're not getting better against Dallas this weekend on defense? Where? You think that's a one-of when you've been giving up? Here, what'd you do? This? For five straight weeks, you've given up over 450 yards in total offense on that defense. Where are you getting better? Where? Hassan Reddick was the only guy that showed up. He was the only guy that showed up. Josh Sweat got killed. Josh Sweat, hey, you need to hold your water a little more, son. Philadelphia is now 32nd in surrendering third downs. What did I tell you you had to do in that game? You had to win first down on offense. And what was the most important thing you had to do? You had to win first down on defense. And you lost both by an enormous margin. Seriously, Reddick was the only guy to put pressure. Still didn't get home. But he was the only guy putting pressure. Brandon Graham got killed. That was a complete mismatch. Brandon Graham. Holy cow. Woo! Trent Williams put a butt whooping on him. They must have ran the ball seven straight times at him. Put a butt whipping on him. Missed tackles is a sign of fatigue. Okay? You had a ton of missed tackles. You were gore tackling, which means you're just, even Brock Purdy was bouncing off tackles. You were tired. I told you this. On Friday and all last week, you had no chance to win it because the amount of reps. When San Francisco started putting those drives together on you and were getting enormous chunks of yardage on you, didn't you notice the inability to put people on the ground and tackle? That's fatigue. You guys had eight minutes of football left in you after Dallas, Kansas City, and Buffalo. You had eight minutes of championship football. After that, you were on fumes. You were on fumes the entire rest of the game. You were on fumes. 
didn't realize how emotional the Niners were. Seals, you were right. The first quarter showed we can stand toe-to-toe with them. The second quarter was them showing they can respond. Once the third hit and the fatigue took over, it was over. Exactly. That's what that's the game and how it played out. That's exactly right. That's why the race to home field is so important for Philly. It's important for San Francisco. And dude, I'm telling you, it's probably least important for Detroit because they still don't know who they are. You've got to get home field or you're not going to get to the Super Bowl. You may not even get to the NFC title game. You're on fumes. You've got to get that offense with more reps to rest that defense. Debo backed up every word that came out of his mouth. It wasn't that hard. When you have missed tackles, a football team that's played three games in a 10-game window or 10-day window, what did you expect? I mean, let's go by the numbers now. By the way, Angelo Cataldi will be with us at 3.30. Gary Cobb at 4.30. First downs, pretty even. But then when you look at how many yards they were gaining per first down, how many times were... San Francisco in third and long, almost never. Rushing, rushing first downs, 49ers 12, Eagles 2. Look at this, you ran more play. They ran 57 plays and beat the living shit out of you. On 50, they get this. They had 57 plays and they put up 456 yards a pop on you. In theory, that's almost like eight and a half yards a play. You could not stop them. You had no chance. You ran 69 plays for 300 yards. You were annihilated. They ran the ball for 146 on you. Jalen Carter's hit the rookie wall. And and and, and Jordan has hit a starter's wall. They hit us. He's hit a starter's wall. He's also asked to be doing something that he's never done. He wasn't even asked to do this at Georgia. They have massive rotation at Georgia. He's got to go out there and play all them reps. Hey, guess what, kid? Welcome to big paydays. But you got to get out there, too. Those two D tackles are getting drilled. They're getting drilled. They went from being dominant run stoppers to sieves. You ran the ball for 46 yards? What's wrong with you? 
Don't ever tell me you have the best offensive line in pro football when your quarterback is getting murdered and you're only running the ball for 46 yards. Don't ever come tell me that again. And San Francisco crushed you. Don't ever tell me you had the best O-line when you run the ball for 46 yards. That's not a dominant line. 46 yards rushing. No turnovers. You're lucky. Time of possession. Pretty right down the line. 28-31 for San Fran. Eagles had 31-39. Guys, what is the theme here to all this here? What's the theme here? The Eagles are pretending to be people they're not. You're, you're not the best team in the league. You get beat 25-22 like I thought. You get murdered by 23 in your own building. Dude, your 10-2 record is bullshit. Because it's not your offense. AJ's a great player, going to get Goddard back. Your defense is trash. That is a pathetic defense. And, you know, people go, well, you know, we haven't played our best ball. Yes, you have. That's one of the worst defenses in pro football. Let's get to the player performances. Um, Sills, are you saying we're frauds? That record is. I've come to eat crow. You were right. Really didn't like the intensity we came out with, no matter if it was fatigue or not. We got bullied. Philly 500, when you guys didn't get those 14 points and you settled for six, it was over. You, you, it was over. Okay? Over. Jalen should get more credit. Defense is terrible. Correct, Des. You're 10 and 2 because of Jalen Hurts. And and AJ and the, let me say this to you, I got I got I got to apologize to Xander. Regardless of fatigue, I don't understand why the play calling. We're going to get to that too. I promise was so bad. After the first two drives, our DC switches to zone with no blitzing allowed. Brock to sit back there, dude. He was hammering Purdy. I thought he rattled him. Let me say this to you. One of my very first shows, Xander Kraus who's in today for Tone, who's got personal issues going on. We love you, Tone. Um, and I, I got to say this. You know, he goes, what do you make of the Devontae Smith draft pick? He went to the wrong team. He's not a very physical guy. He's a schwimp. Okay, let me tell you this. That guy's a tough-ass ball player. That guy catches the football in tight zones. He catches it on the sideline. Steven goes like this regardless. I don't understand why the play calling. Okay, yeah. Uh, Steven, we appreciate it. Thank you. He's such a great ball player. And for a little dude and for a guy who's not with a big frame, man, does he play tough. Kudos to Devontae Smith, the way he plays ball. He is a tough kid. 
Okay? He is a tough-ass kid. I don't trust our coaches. I told you your coaches will cost you a Super Bowl. They've already cost you one. If we lose to the Cowboys, we need to clean house, including the head coach. Hang on, Steven. Let's not go psycho overreaction here on a Monday. Hang on. I'm going to get to the coaching here in a minute. Okay? Okay? Devontae Smith was outstanding. Players by the numbers. Brock Purdy. 19 of 27 after a rocky start. 314, four touchdowns, no picks. 148.8 quarterback rating. Almost perfect. Hertz. 26 of 45, 298. As far as I'm concerned, those were junkyards. Those 298. First eight minutes and the last bullshit minutes of the game is where he put those numbers in there. Other than that, between those times, he was terrible. 85-2. Jalen Hurts was terrible in that game because everybody around him was terrible. Running attack, coaching, O-line, the defense. I mean, how many games do you think he's going to be able to pull a rabbit out of his hat? It ended there. It was going to end there. You didn't lose that game because of Jalen Hurts. You lost that game because of everybody around Jalen Hurts. Christian McCaffrey is a spectacular football player. 17-93-1. Did DeAndre Swift play? Six carries, 13 yards. Hertz had seven carries for 20. An abomination of a running attack for a team that's considered one of the better running teams. And you are one of the better running teams. You just don't act like it. What happened? Where in the world... Did that philosophy come from where you went last year from killing teams and your whole makeup has been running teams over to now you want to be a finesse team? You were the finesse team yesterday, and the 49ers were the hammer. It's almost like they changed, you guys changed identities. San Francisco kills teams. I mean, seriously. Debo ate you alive. Nine catches, 116 and two. He was just running away from guys and bouncing off guys. Kittle, how about that block and release he had where he went for 25 down the sidelines? Do you guys communicate at all in your secondary? Four for 68, I could go down the list of the guys who had great games. AJ, eight for 114. Devontae, nine for 96. And after that, nobody. Hey, by the way, I'll say it again to you. Does Jalen Hurts only see two dudes when he's throwing the ball? I still think that guy struggles on ready defenses. And when you don't have a running game going, it's evident. Didn't even target a tight end. I mean, they didn't even. How many times they threw the ball to to Swift? I mean, do you want? Do you get anybody else involved other than your two your two receivers? Does anybody else get involved? 
He threw the quez a few times. Jesus criminy. Quez Watkins and Kenny Gainwell are not the people I want to see in a 49er game where you're talking trying to establish the worst guys in your huddle. When you're putting, did, did you see the 49ers put the ball in the hands of any stiff on offense? It was either Kittle, Ayuk, Samuel, McCaffrey. They're not putting it in some stiff's hands. Here's the milk carton, guys. DeAndre Swift missing in action. Josh Sweat missing in action. Carter and Davis missing in action. Slay and Bradbury missing in action. Nicholas Morrow doesn't belong on that field against the 49ers. That guy was terrible. Reed Blankenship missing in action. I saw somebody just say something. Okay, what now? What do you mean, what now? You got Dallas. You got Dallas. What do you mean, what now? I like how people think that you're just because it was like a a game. No, this has been a month of trends and how it's been building up to this crescendo. And now you were murdered in your own building. Now you got to go to Dallas and take on a team that's won 14 straight at home. Dallas is winning that game. You're not beating Dallas. You're you're not beating Dallas. Here's why. Do I think the offense will be better? Probably. Because you're going to get Goddard back. Do I think your defense will be better? No. No. Here's why. Brian Johnson needs to be fired. I thought Sean Desai did everything he possibly could. But then I thought those guys, they were coaching like the players were tired and the players were playing like they were tired on that side of the ball. And he had to preserve bodies. Didn't it dawn on you with all the pressure and the energy that they came out of the gate with? As soon as that second series happened, it was over. When decides he knew, keep bringing the pressure, bringing the pressure. I told you I had to bring pressure on him. I thought you rattled them. For some reason, they stopped bringing pressure. When they stopped bringing pressure, the 49ers got into rhythm. And when they got into rhythm and Kittle was loosening those linebackers up, they were able to run the ball. And once they were able to establish the run, that bitch was over. 
It was over. And it was just wearing you out. Brian Johnson, can, can you please help me out on something here? Help me out. Help, help me out on something here. When, when it comes to Jalen Hurts, why in the world do you pay a guy $50 million and you have first year coordinators around him? What, because he's his buddy? That has nothing to do with being a good coordinator. Look at Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is destroying Justin Herbert. Mike McCarthy, for what all intent purposes, that's not a favorite to win the MVP. I don't know. Dak looks better. Shittier teams, albeit. Brian Johnson's terrible. Either that, can the Eagles get ready for and beat Dallas? Gary, I'll get to that. Either there's too many voices in Brian Johnson's ear or Brian Johnson sucks. Nick Sirianni, I mean, if he's responsible for the game plan, it's, do you know why you, and I said this on Friday as well, do you know why you guys haven't had a complete game all year? Because you haven't had a complete game plan all year. You're not getting any better. You may get healthier on, on offense, but you're not going to get any better. This is we're week, we're going into week 14. There's a few games left. Those excuses have ran out week five. You're not getting better. So your 10 and 2 record, you think you're better than San Francisco. I'm going to show you something here about the Niners and what they've done this year. Don't compare Dak and Jalen. It's not close. Dak is the reason they lost by 32. Um, And you lost by 23. And you lost by 23. I mean, are you really going to go, go there? Here, right now, I don't think we're better than San Fran. Let me throw this at you here. So let's take a look at who San Francisco is right now. They've beaten the Cowboys by 32. They've beaten the Jags by 31. They've beat the Eagles by 23. They beat the Steelers by 23. All these playoff teams, they're killing them. Now, I will say this. One healthy. I think that's the caveat to both these teams. Listen here. It's not to score deck. Okay, Christopher, let's get over yourselves here. Here is the two teams. You're the same. This is going to come down to health. In January, who's ever healthier? Is going to the Super Bowl. Their defense, by the way, is superior to yours. You have nothing like their corners. Shit, man. 
the one safety who took over for Hufanga back there, I thought he was outstanding. Their corners can play. I thought they did a spectacular job. Jalen hasn't lost two in a row since October 2021. Get ready, LJ. You're getting another L. Dallas is going to hang an L on you. And it's going to be a race to home field. Then, hey, watch this. Do I think San Francisco's going to drop a game? I do. Do I think Detroit's going to drop a game? I do. Do I think Dallas is going to drop a game? I think Dallas may drop two games. I do. Does Shanahan finish the job starting to look good for every regular season? Can he finish the job? Correct. Get him into the postseason. Okay? Here, I'll make it emphatic for you. Keon, you're not beating Dallas. Slay and Bradbury played gutless football. I wouldn't say that. This was amplified when watching San Francisco's corners play. They actually hit people. Hey, paper mache Slay wants nothing to do with hitting people. Okay? Wants nothing to do with it. Hey, don't get pissed off because I said you had no chance of winning this game on Sunday. None. I never thought you were going to win that game. I just didn't think you were going to get your faces kicked in. Now let me get to your coaches now. Whew. Cheerleader Nick, man, I'll tell you what, he's out there barking away, throwing all kinds of shit and shade at the San Francisco coaches and all that other bullshit he does. This guy is a cheerleader, man. I can't wait to get Angelo on. He's a cheerleader. All he does sets a culture. Culture's in the building by the players, not him. He came and became part of that culture. My opinion, I look at Nick Sirianni. Do I think Nick Sirianni's the reason that you won't win a Super Bowl? He was the reason in February, 10 months ago, you didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Your coaching staff will be the number one reason why you don't win a Super Bowl. Okay? You're, you, you don't have very good coaches. Except for Jeff Stoutland. I think the size, you know, let me back up. I don't think the size horrible. I don't, I don't think he's horrible. Yes, Angelo Cataldi, WIP. The guy who uh, read here, his great book, sent me a fabulous copy. Okay? Love what he wrote in here. Big Sales, one of the best sports talk hosts in America. Thanks for letting me promote this book on your absolutely awesome show, Angelo Cataldi. Yes, sir. Looking forward to having Angie on. Yeah, that Angelo. Okay. Say it one more time to you here. This is going to come down to health. Okay. This is going to come down to health. Who the healthiest guy is. And I'm talking Niners and Eagles. Okay, remember that. Remember I said that to you. The 49ers go on a three-game losing streak, right? Okay. 
They went on a three-game losing streak. Why? Well, health. The healthiest team will win the NFC. And why did you guys win the NFC last year? Because you were healthy. You started all 22 guys you started in September with in 22. So do I think San Francisco is better than you? Well, well, here. Here, I'll give you this. And I'm not going to change on this one either. Is San Francisco better than, um, are they better than the Eagles? What's today's date? The 4th? On December 4th, yes. Could that change Monday? Yeah. <laughs> okay, get this. Hey, Xander, is that a fact that they shine Shaq Leonard? Okay. Done deal. Let me put this out here, linebacker. Pretty smart move by the agent, too. So the Eagles now, here is the fourth spare part on your defense. Zach Cunningham, Christian Ellis was a free agent. Nicholas Morrow, you made a trade for Kevin Byard, and now you have Shaq Leonard. Do you ever draft anybody off the lines that are good? I mean, honestly, do you guys ever draft a linebacker or a corner or a safety in the last 10 years that's been good? I mean, you have to you have to go make moves like this because Howie's inability to draft. Do you understand? His inability to draft and his inability to player develop is the reason you're in this shit. Shaq Leonard's not a savior. You need to sign him. Christian Ellis is terrible. When's the last time you guys drafted a linebacker that was worth the shit? Tell me. Did you just cut a third rounder this offseason? Didn't you cut a guy that he drafted in the third round? When, when has he ever drafted? Maddox, okay. Corners, never. Linebackers, never. Edge rushers, not really. Every guy on your defense was somebody else, somebody else's. That's, that's not awful to recognize your mistakes. TJ Edwards, you didn't draft him. You found him. 10-2 means shit after that ass beating, don't you think, Arthur? Look at Arthur throwing the 10-2. How embarrassing you should feel. So a 9-3 team kicked a living tar out of you. And you're throwing 10 and 2 out after that annihilation? I couldn't wait for someone to be an asshole and throw that 10 and 2 out. 10 and 2 meant nothing to the Niners. They jammed it down your throat. Kevin Byard was terrible in that game. 
I mean, Keon goes, you're going to have the best record. Not after next week, you won't. Not after next week. Do you really believe? Hey, here's here's my take on Shaq Leonard. And because he had a great conversation, and I told you last week because he played for Frank Wright, and Sirianni was in the building, and the relationship helped a lot. If both Eagles and Niners are healthy, who wins? I just don't think you have a good enough defense to stop them. I, I, I really don't. Going to post his 10 minutes on Shaq Leonard. Here's, here's, here's what I say about Leonard. Leonard was, his agent wanted to wait and see what happened after Seattle on Thursday night and also what happened on Sunday, 49ers and Eagles. It's a brilliant move because you're going to get the most desperate. And after the way the um, Eagles performed, especially at linebacker, there's no question the Eagles, in my opinion, paid more money because they're the more desperate team at that position than what Dallas was. It's a brilliantly played um, move by Shaq Leonard. Now, here's the key. Here's the difference between him and Robert Quinn. Okay? Robert Quinn was running out of gas. Shaq Leonard is not out of gas. His issues have been injury-related. This guy is an all-pro player. And Nick has a relationship with him. Frank had a relationship with him. All of those guys, and Shaq Leonard had a conversation with Frank Reich last week, and I told you that because I talked to Frank. What's it like playing in Philly? You're going to love it. It's player-friendly. You can go there and raise your value. Okay? If Howie signs you, he wants you, which means he could want you next year if you come in and become an impact player. You got to remember something about the Philadelphia Eagles. Here is the one thing you always have to remember compared to Dallas. When you go to Dallas, your value, it flops. When you go to Philadelphia, it raises. And here's the examples. Kaiser White, 1.5 million bucks last year with the Eagles. Signed a $7 million per year deal in Arizona. TJ Edwards was making $1.4 million last year as a starting linebacker for a football team that finished number two in defense, had 159 tackles. He's now the NFL's leading tackler, making $7.5 million per year. Miles Sanders probably signed one of the best contracts for a running back, making $7 million per value increased. Go down the list. Look at Epps with the Raiders. Hell, look at even Andre Dillard, who lost his job. Look at Isaac Sayamalo. Every single guy that was a free agent either was re-signed in Philly or your market value increased. 
let's say this to you about Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham, for instance. Those guys were waived by teams. Even the Eagles cut Nicholas Morrow. However, those guys probably gave themselves another two years in the league because they've been some type of impact. Hey, where would you be without Nicholas Morrow? And he's not very good. Zach Cunningham was not awful. Was not awful. So when you come to Philly, look, 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 think about this, for instance, too. Look at even A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown had pedestrian numbers in Tennessee. 63 catches, 1,100 yards, 900 yards, stuff like that. He comes to Philadelphia. He's a 90-catch guy, a 1,500-yard guy, and now this guy's considered one of the top two wide receivers in the league. You think his value's high right now? You think he's a $20 million guy? I don't know. He may be underpaid now in today's market. Absolutely, Shaq Leonard's playing. You have no choice. Here's the problem you have, though, in communication. Look, look, look at the problem that Nicobe Dean's the Get this. I'm not really ripping Nicobe here. I'm ripping Howie. Howie Roseman is in a position heading into week 14 that he created. You relied on a guy who played less than 40 snaps last year. You put the green dot on him thinking that he was going to be able to not only, I don't even know, and I've said this before to you, I don't even know if the kid's good or not. I just know he can't stay healthy. And that was something that came out of Georgia when he was drafted. Would Frank Reich as an advisor make a difference? Yes. Jalen Hurts respects Frank. Why? Why, why does, why does Jalen Hurts respect Frank Reich? Why do you think? You guys know? I've said it to some of you on here. Why, why, why would Frank Reich be a good advisor to the head coach right now? And why would he be good for Jalen Hurts? Why do you think Frank Reich, if you brought him in, Rivers, Diego, exactly. Rivers. Philip Rivers is the person that he studies the most. And Frank was the offensive coordinator in San Diego. And the wide receiver coach was, of course, Nick Sirianni. And you want to know how a guy goes through progressions? Shit, man. I'd like to bring Philip Rivers in as a consultant. For Jalen Hurts. He watches more film from what Frank tells me. That's all he does is watch Philip Rivers' film. He just sits there and watch Philip Rivers all the time. Okay. <laughs> Keon goes, Rivers never won anything. Neither has Jalen Hurts. Ten and two? What's it mean? got annihilated. Your 10 and 2 record means nothing in a race like this now. And and by the way, here's something I'm not really all that pissed except for the bullshit running game. For whatever reason you're not doing, I'm more 
You got a trash defense. <laughs> LJ. LJ's crowing about being 10 and 2 after he was just taken apart by a team in his own building. And the only guy that wanted to hit anybody on defense was the big Dom. Yeah, you won't be in first place after next week. Not happening. Not happening. Okay? Not happening. You play defense like that, you'll lose to Seattle. I mean, you, you're you, – <laughs> are you ever going to run the ball again? I'm open to bringing in whoever can help at this point. Niners demolished us. We need to regroup, bring in Reich. Here, here, here's what I would say. Here, here's what I would say to you. Um, how do you go into Dallas after this? You, you've got to have selective memory on this one. You got to just, I think you watch everything you didn't do on defense. What was the biggest and most glaring thing that you took away from that game on Sunday? What was the biggest takeaway? What was the biggest takeaway? Let's do defense first. What was the biggest takeaway on defense? Look, are you going to run into a team that has those kind of weapons in the NFL? If I'm not mistaken, doesn't uh, Seattle have two receivers from a year ago that had 1,000 yards apiece themselves? Don't, don't they have two wideouts? They actually have more talent than Buffalo and Kansas City. They're probably going to be the second most talented offense that you're going to face in this next run. I don't even think Dallas has a number two like Seattle does. Is, is that is that fair? Don't you think Seattle has two better wide receivers? You know, it's funny. 11 goes, Seattle sucks. Your defense blows. You're making yourself seem better after a ass destruction. Now, let's be fair here. San Francisco, you just don't have the people to cover them. I mean, once they figured it out that they attacked the linebackers, once they figured it out, it was over. I, I would, I would, I would make this point to you. One more thing about Shaq Leonard too. Um, he's a veteran. Will he get up to speed in time for the Cowboy game? Um, let's see. Monday. Um, okay, because it's they're playing Sunday. They had a late Sunday, so he's probably in the building looking at film, getting his playbook, taking his physical. I think he took a physical last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's already probably in preparation. Tuesday's player's day off. He'll probably do some more work come into the building. Frank Reich was Eagles Super Bowl offensive coordinator, correct? Um, Wednesday, they'll get the game plan for Dallas. Hey, did Indianapolis play Dallas this year or last year? 
it'll be different because this year they've got um, Mike McCarthy as the coordinator. So I don't know if Leonard's um, gone against a Mike McCarthy offense. He may have gone against Mike McCarthy when McCarthy was up in Green Bay. Seattle would be Dallas only if they use DK Metcalf. He was killing Deron Bland for a moment. I thought that was A.J. Brown on Seattle. He was murdering Bland. Bland got exposed, I thought, in that game. Thank you, Carson. Okay. Well, Frank, Seattle's not a joke because they have the weapons to beat the Eagles. See, do you do you want to know how to fix your defense? How do you think you fix your defense against the Cowboys? How do you fix your defense? You guys know how to fix your defense? <clears throat> New coordinator? No. Ray Lewis? That would help. Blitz and play man. No. Run the ball. There you go, Eagle. Run the ball. Run the ball. Be more patient. Brian Johnson is not a patient coordinator or whomever is calling plays. Still, are you worried about Jalen Carter's immaturity? No, not on a team like the Eagles. They'll keep that shit in bay. I saw Nick talking to him. I thought that was a good moment. Less three and outs would help. That's exactly right. Keon, the only way you can help the Eagle defense right now is keep them off the damn field. You've got to keep that offense more in sustained drives. Don't you see? Get this. Don't you see that's what San Francisco did to you? They ran 57 plays. They ran 57 plays. You ran 69, and they almost had 500 yards in offense on you. <laughs> How much of a difference will Shaq Leonard make? Gary. He's a body. He's experienced. If healthy, he could make a ton. Now my question, hey, by the way, there's no coincidence that your run game is starting to fail. Why? Because your linebacker play is failing. Did you ever put those two together too? The whole middle of your defense is falling apart. It's falling apart. Jordan Davis has never played this amount of reps in his entire career. And now we're getting past the 13-game mark. How many, how many games do they play in college football nowadays with the playoff? 14? We're coming up to the game here. But here's the difference. If you play 14 games in college, you got a month and a half off in between the SEC title game and the national championship game. You have a month and a half off. You're, you're week after week here. Trust me, it's a thing, man. It's a thing. My rookie year, back then we were only playing 12 games. You got to week 13 and 14, you couldn't believe how beat up your body was then. You could not believe how beat up you were. You, you just couldn't believe it. And, 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 and you, you were trying to do everything 
to keep yourself as healthy as possible. Okay? Hey, I appreciate it, guys. We're having a little issue here with the uh, with the net here. It's going to come back here in a second. So we appreciate everybody in here with us. But, hey, guys, end of the day here, you know, this is all going to come down to, this is all going to come down to health. I'm going to say it again to you. It's going to come down to health. On who's the healthier team in January. This Dallas game frightens me, though. You need this Dallas game more than you needed actually San Francisco because you still have the division. If you lose the game, then this is going to come down to teams that may slip up. You're a beat-up football team right now. You're, you're a beat-up football team. May I throw something out at you before we take a time out here? What in the world ever happened to Nolan Smith? Is he on the roster? Where's, where's Nolan Smith? Is he a where where does he play special teams? Is he a factor at all on your roster? I mean, where is he? You need pass rushers right now. Where is the kid? He was out there, Sills? Was he really? I, I mean, I, I didn't see him. He he played? This guy's the 31st pick in the draft. Where was he? Jesus Christ, if you're a first-round guy, I mean, Jalen Carter, I see him. I see that guy. Angelo Cataldi's going to join us at 3.30. Guys, don't forget. The month of December, we're so looking forward to our friends at Hooters. By the way, we got some great news for you. How'd you guys like to come and see Big Sills this weekend? Saturday, King of Prussia. Looks like we're going to be there. And we're going to have an appearance out there. And I'm going to go see my great friends, Gary and the folks there, and Phil, the owners of the King of Prussia. By the way, they have Northeast Hooters from Rhode Island all the way down through King of Prussia, New Jersey as well. You can go to northeasthooters.com to find the location nearest you. The Hooters bonus bucks are back. You know, these, these Santa bucks are back, man. They've had these for such a long period of time. $5 gift cards you can get for a stocking stuffer. Uh, those Hooter gifts, put them right there in the stocking, man. Really great. The calendars are out. There's $100 in gift certificates that are in each and every single one of the calendars. I think nine of the girls are also featured from the Rhode Island all the way down to Jersey through King of Prussia. I think nine of the girls are also been featured in the 2024 uh, Hooters calendar. If you don't want to go into the place, go hooters to go.com. Take the food, bring it back to your domicile, your casa, your casa, and eat the food there. Watch Monday night football tonight. Great lunch specials. I love military Mondays, 20% off to our great men and women who have served this country. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. We'll give you more details on that, too, for this weekend. Saturday, Big Sales is going to be in King of Prussia. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. What's next? It's the Cowboys. How much what we saw exposed the Eagles on Sunday? I want to hit on that. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Football and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. National Football Show, our friend Angelo Cataldi will be with us at the bottom of the hour. I told you Julio Jones was out of gas. This guy's out of gas. One touchdown has brought nothing. And I don't know if it's really Julio or the shitty offensive coordinator. I can't tell. It's probably both. I mean, that guy struggles being consistent in play calling Brian Johnson. He struggles. He, he he struggles a lot. I have yet to see him have 60-minute football where it was a good game plan. Okay? I have yet to see it. Hey, real quick before I get on to Dallas and what we learned from the Eagles in the 49er game, I had a conversation on text with Xander earlier about the college football playoff. And I want to hit on that just for a second here. Florida State being jobbed. Do I want to see Florida State in the Final Four? Absolutely not. If you want to be candid, the best four teams in college football are Georgia, Bama, Michigan, 
probably Washington. Now I'll go Texas because they went into Tuscaloosa and won. Those are your best four teams. How do you hold a team out that lost by a couple points that was going for 30 wins in a row? Georgia. How do you hold them out? They were the number one team in the country. Now they're like sixth. How'd that work? They didn't want to put two SEC teams in. They're the two best. Here's the problem, though. This is not a Florida State thing. The whole system's rigged. It's rigged. Anytime you have idiots sitting in a room making decisions that supersede what happens on a football field, at the end of the day, it's rigged. The networks rig it. It's not really a national championship. It's a network national championship. It's a beauty pageant. They pick the four best contestants, put a crown on one of them, and they go forward from there. It's not really a tournament. The NFL showed you what a tournament was yesterday. One team was 10 and one, the other team was eight and three. That didn't matter, the records, did it? One team took another team apart. <clears throat> more, more th- circumstances, injury, health, all the games that the Eagles had played finally caught up to them. It, your record doesn't dictate how great a team you are. Does it dictate how consistent you are? It does. Yes, there's something to be said about I'm not dismissing it, but at the end of the day, if you put Florida State in the Southeastern Conference, how many wins do you think FSU would have? Nine? Nine? By the way, when Texas goes into the SEC, that team will be lucky to win nine ball games. You know who they're going to be? They're going to be Kentucky. They're going to be Kentucky and better than South Carolina. They're probably going to be somewhere around Georgia. That's who Texas is going to be. They're never going to be Bama, Georgia, LSU. A&M thinks that they're, you know, you know the problem you got with Texas A&M? Texas A&M thinks that they're Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. They're not. <laughs> they just paid his coach like, he, like they are. No, hey, hey, Michael, you're right to lose interest in college football. You know why you lose interest in college football? Because it's rigged. <laughs> Five guys, may, or whatever it is, 10 guys making decisions on who plays in a Final Four, and their opinions matter more than the actual play on the field. That's all you need to know. Can you imagine if the NFL did something like that? Well, we're going to pick the teams with the best records. and not have a playoff. We're just going to pick the two best teams with the two best records. And that's how they did it for years. Then they finally figured out how people get more engaged and you really don't know if those are the two best teams. Okay. All right. So the college football system. Yeah. I'm I'm not, I don't give a shit about FSU. Do I want to see them in the final four? No. But the whole thing's rigged anyway. It doesn't matter. It, it's, it's a rigged system. All right. What did we learn about the Eagles as they get ready for Dallas? Does Dallas have the firepower to do what San Francisco did? No. They don't. And for the record, guys, 
Shaq Leonard may make a little difference, but he's not going to make a ton of difference. You're not signing Ray Lewis. Okay? You're, you're signing a guy who was cut. Now, you could say, Sills, he was cut from Mendy. <laughs> okay. That organization is not really known for making right decisions. Even Carson Wentz played well there in the quarter. That guy, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. Gardner Minshew had a pretty good game, actually, this past weekend. He really didn't have that bad a game. Okay? What do we learn? And, 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 and does Dallas possess issues? You see, I do not believe that the Dallas Cowboys defense is anything near San Francisco's defense. So right there in a nutshell you're not going to be taking on a unit that is in that league with San Francisco. So you need to run the ball. Hey, guys, do me a favor. Tell me where Dallas is when it comes to run stopping. I don't think they're very high. And if what you don't want to do, Dallas is good at turnovers. Dallas is pretty good at sacks. Dallas is not great at stopping the run. Philadelphia has not been great at running the ball, though. Okay? Because they're getting away from that. Dallas, to me, how you beat them, you run at them. And most notably, you run at Parsons. They're 12th in run. That's not, it's actually improved. But I agree with what MG2 says here. That's not what you saw. Dude, honestly, how many people were surprised that San Francisco's defense was that physical? Their corners hit. Their safeties hit. I was pretty, I was pretty shocked and pretty surprised. How and boy, I'll tell you what, that Greenwell and that Warner guy, those guys, they knocked the shit out of people. Dude, don't come across the middle, man. You might get decapitated in there. I was pretty shocked how 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 physical San Francisco's defense was. I mean, because, you know, I, I was always told that Hufanga, who's been lost for the year, was kind of like the tone setter back there. They were pretty good back there, man. I learned our defense is a bunch of sissies. Nah, come on now. That's not true. And let San Francisco beat the crap out of them. 48 pass plays and Swift four carries. What are we doing? Coaching. I'll say it to you one more time. Look at Chris. Their corners hold. <laughs> okay. Chris, probably something to do with the turf too, right? Dallas is pick, picking a vacation very early. They already have tickets to Disneyland. We could be the same boat. With shitty coaches. You do have shitty coaches. Okay. Why is Dom touching players? He'll be suspended. The league's not going to tolerate that. He, he'll, he, he'll be suspended or he'll have his access to the field revoked. They're not going to have that. And to me, the reason that the refs threw him out, they probably thought he was a coach. And that's why when he poked him in the face, 
He didn't take a swing at him. He poked him in the face. And when he poked him in the face, they probably thought it was a coach. And then when they learned after the game that he was head of security, somebody from New York probably told him, that's not a coach. He's got to go. Okay? That's why you, the coach probably would have stayed. But he's not. He's not part of the coaching staff. Okay? Just because you're head of security doesn't mean you get to put your hands on the 49er players. And, 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 and hey, the legend of Big Dom grows. It's all good. I just the, – the, the league's not going to tolerate that. They're just not. We play a team that got big con- <coughs> big contracts versus a team with rookie deals and still hun- hungry. Blankenship is the only one who wanted to hit. Um, you played a football team for the simple fact of something that that we've been telling you now for over a year. When you got a quarterback on a nine hundred million, a nine hundred thousand dollar per year deal. You can do marvelous things with your roster. Do you understand that? <clears throat> Get this. You had a guy come into your place who makes $937,000. Quez Watkins makes more than Brock Purdy. Do you know that? Quez Watkins makes more than Brock Purdy. And when he when, it, when that happens and the economics, there's such an imbalance when you have a quarterback like that, that outplays a $50 million quarterback. You know why he outplayed Jalen? He won. He won. And he put up phenomenal numbers. He was almost perfect. And you pay him nine hundred grand. That's a salary cap and a financial windfall for the 49ers. Why? You're, they got another year on that. He keeps, get this, you may have a situation this year. Think of this. If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl making 900 grand, that'd be one of the greatest stories in the history of the National Football League next to Kurt Warner. When Warner was found in the Arena League with the Iowa Barnstormers. You got a guy making 937? Crazy. So disappointed in our coaching, man. They continue to hinder the true potential of this team. Eli Ricks, I I agree. The long snapper makes more than Purdy. Probably so. 300 and what was it? 331 and four touchdowns, 148 quarterback rating. Holy shit, was he electric. He's as accurate as it comes. Hey, for you guys waiting for that guy to turn into a pumpkin, that's that's not a very good philosophical uh, game plan to go against Brock Purdy, hoping he fucks up. Because that's if you're hoping that that happens, <laughs> you're going to be in for a rude awakening. Because that's not happening. That guy's a good football player, dude. Oh, by the way, let me add you to this thing here. Before we get Angelo Cataldi on, he's at the bottom of the hour. Tonight, so is it Doug Peterson taking on Cincinnati? Here's the playoff race. Dolphins, 9-3 and three in the one seed. Ravens, 9-3 and three in the two. The Jaguars are in the three hole at 8-3. and three. And if they win tonight, the Jaguars have the number one seed 
in the AFC. I'll ask you one more time here after watching that disastrous coaching staff put that team in a complete debacle yesterday. (laughs) Doug Peterson is your coach 10 months ago. You win the Super Bowl. Doug Peterson is changing the shitty Jaguar environment, even after Urban Liar. He's resurrected Trevor Lawrence's career. You're telling me that Doug Peterson may have the AFC go through Jacksonville? And you fired him. Why? Why? Why'd you fire him? Why? Why? Why did you fire him? A power struggle. Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones, a.k.a. Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. Doug's a coach. So let me let me let me say this to you. Nick Sirianni's got this great coaching record. You really think that guy's a better coach than Doug? <laughs> you had to have your GM sabotage him. Nate Sudfeld. He got fired because he was successful. He got fired because Howie didn't want to lose control again like he did with Chip. That's why the assistants are hired by him. That's why personnel decisions are made by him. And that's why you got a hole at linebacker, no power back, your safety suck, your corners are old. You know, I keep bringing this point up, and I know it's a sore subject with many of you when I do. And I say, when a coach made a decision, and albeit, I get it, Chip sucked. Still had a winning record. I get it. All of you get mad, though, when I say, well, they fired Shady and they fired D-Jax. was the right move because two years later, they won the Super Bowl. They didn't really need him. That's the kind of stuff you're talking about. Then you name him a captain because that's a shot back at Chip. From Howie, even years removed from that whole situation, still had to throw a shot back. Now, look, I'm not telling you that Deshaun Jackson wasn't a great player for the the Eagles. He was, and he was beloved. That's not my point. That's not my point. This is about football decisions. And falling in love with someone and their bedside manner has nothing to do with that. You know, you know, you know why Pittsburgh has been more successful than the Eagles organization over the years? You know why? The general manager works with the head coach. 
the head coach doesn't work for the GM. How Nick works for Howie. He works for Howie. You really think Nick Sirianni went to Howie Roseman and said, hey, I got to have Julio Jones. Hey, we need Julio Jones. Or you think that was something that Howie did? Hey, let me get a guy who hasn't been good. By the way, Julio Jones is going to Pro Football Hall of Fame, as far as I'm concerned. He's a Pro Football Hall of Famer. About four years ago. I like how people think that Howie Roseman's going to sign Zach Ertz. Hey, how'd that relationship end? Zach Ertz and Howie. How'd that thing end? Good or bad? Were Were those guys boys? Oh, because Howie has been known to like, you know, hey, you know what? Bygones be bygones. Shit, he won't play Boston Scott because he's a Doug guy. <laughs> oh, what? You don't think I don't notice that? Hey, he, he don't play Boston Scott that much, or the Eagles don't play Boston Scott. Why? Because it's the Doug Peterson guy. There is a lot of politics in that organization, and I think that's the end result and why sometimes there's not been more Super Bowls. The owner should have came in and looked at both of those two idiots, Doug Peterson and Howie, and said, get over yourselves. That's what Kraft did between Brady and Belichick. Get over yourselves. That's why it lasted 20 years. You had a mediator in the middle. You had the owner as the mediator. Think of how many. Let me let me throw this at you here. If I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Angelo Cataldi this. If if Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman had been able to work it out, do you think they win more Super Bowls than since '17? Yes or no? Do you think they win more Super Bowls? If they were able to work their differences out. Coaching matters. Did you not see what Kyle Shanahan did to you? And and, and, and here, get this. I don't really dislike Desai. But here, this goes back to like, again, a question I have. Why would you pay a guy 55? Think think of what they did. Why would you pay a guy $50 million at quarterback, a wide receiver, $20 million per year, draft a wide out in the first round, pay all that money in your old line? Why would you do that? I can't wait to ask Angelo that question because the Philadelphia Eagles – have arguably one of the shittiest coaching staffs in the entire National Football League. They got a cheerleader as a head coach. They got an inconsistent OC. The defensive coordinator is doing the best he can with spare parts from the island of misfit toys. 
And there's only one guy that can answer this. Right here, baby. Loud and proud. <laughs> right here, Angelo Cataldi. I started reading it. Angie. You man, I'll tell you what, man. I I I just I love the beginning of WIP. I love you talking. This is really more of a book about the fans. Yeah. That was the plan. Yeah, kind of an homage for them giving me such a long career. And now, uh, right now, I got to tell you, Dan, they're suffering. This, the, today is a rough day in Philadelphia. Rough day. Wow. What an awful game. Oh. Angelo, I'm going to ask you something right out of the gate here. And I'm going to throw this here at you. You know, and I kind of was talking to Jimmy Johnson the other day about this, and I said, "What would a, how many Super Bowls do you think you guys would have won <clears throat> if you guys were able to put your differences aside?" He said, six, five. <laughs> and right. so I'll ask you if Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson had ever decided to put their egos away. Do you know if Doug wins tonight, he'll have the number one seed in the AFC. If they were able to put their differences away, do you think they've left Super Bowls on the table because that relationship could not work together? Yeah, but I'm not putting any of the blame on Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and wanted his own staff. He wanted people that were beholden to him, that were loyal to him. If you have not earned that opportunity after winning a Super Bowl, when exactly are you going to get it? And the truth of the matter is the Eagles um, want to control their coach. So when you want to take a shot at Nick Sirianni, what you really do is take it a shot at Jeff Lurie, the owner, and Harry Roseman, the general manager, because uh, it's their philosophy that's put the Eagles in this situation. I'm going to go, what situation they're 10 and 2? Here's the situation. They're the 30th ranked pass defense in the NFL this year. Only the commanders and the chargers are worse. And that's philosophical. They don't want to bring in linebackers who can cover the pass. They don't have any priority to bring in safeties or cornerbacks who can cover the pass. And that's what you get. And they can't cover the pass. Then, what you saw yesterday as a preview of what you're going to see the next two weeks, too. Because if you got a decent quarterback and a smart coaching staff, they're going to exploit that. And that's what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. The Eagles have been hanging by a thread even when they won 10 of the first 11. Barely getting by week after week after week. And uh, yesterday they paid the price. And the price well, is I, just starting. I tell people this all the time. I go, you keep throwing that 10-2 and two record out. You were annihilated yesterday. I mean, it's one thing to get beat 25-22. It's another thing to get systematically taken apart the way that you were taken apart. I mean – First time since I think Frank had Ruben Frank had a uh, stat out there since like 1950 or 1966 that uh, somebody scored six consecutive touchdowns on the Philadelphia Eagles. And I mean, think about this too, Angie. They only ran 57 plays and they almost had 500 yards in total offense against them. I mean, they were doing it at will <laughs> in zero minus six yards in the first quarter. Right. It was all done in two and a half quarters. At the end, they were just waiting for the game to end, right? They did all that in no time. But that is not an outlier. The previous week, the Bills had over 500 yards of offense. Sam Howell in two games, the quarterback, the mediocre quarterback of the Commanders, 800 passing yards. This is not unusual. There's a reason why they're ranked 30th. They don't cover it. 
Dan, the big explanation is not uh, what happened yesterday. It's how the hell they won 10 games yeah. with that defense. That defense is a mess. And, and here's the real reason. They refuse to use the aggressiveness. They've got a very good defensive line. But it's only good if you're bringing other people and force that quarterback into quick decisions. It's not like you're covering anybody down the field anyway. Why are, why are you constantly running, rushing four at the most five when nobody's covering anybody down the field? You in the well first two seven. series, too, Angelo, they pressured him. I thought they rattled him, and then all of a sudden they sat back and it was over. That's what they do. They do not re retain their aggressiveness at the times when they need it the most. They're afraid of getting beat deep. Well, what happened in case six? They got beat deep. And Scantling dropped the ball. That was another loss. They had a guy in a game situation who was five yards away from any other defender on a deep ball, perfectly thrown by Mahomes, and he dropped it. Is that good defense? <laughs> it's all defense. This team is, is not there. This team is not as good as last year's team, and they're not championship caliber. The, uh, the the odds makers at Lincoln Financial Field with the 10-1 team favored the Niners by three. <laughs> First time since 74 you? that a home team 10-1 and one was an underdog. What does that tell you? That's 50 years, right? And the number went up <laughs> from, a, from a point and a half to three. Yeah. Right. It's Dan, the, the fact of the matter is um, – yeah, there's a pro there's problems out of the coaching staff. I agree with you there. There's serious problems in the in personnel. But the problems start with the organization, the top people, not prioritizing people who can cover a pass. And now you're seeing the – this is the price you pay for not having those people. How about this too, Angelo? Isn't it funny that the 49ers, they, they have Greenlaw and Warner, yep. and they have McCaffrey. Two areas of their football team that they spend commodities and they spend assets on and pay money, and the Eagles refuse to do that. Correct. You know, I went back and looked at his drafts, and I'm looking, when's the last time they drafted a linebacker? When's the last time they drafted a corner? When's right. the last time they, they drafted a really great save? I mean, boy, they really miss on that side of the ball, and that comes from Howie. Yes. That's Howie's decision-making no, back it's, there. it's higher. It's Lurie. Lurie likes Ben, but don't break. Lurie likes – Lurie does not prioritize it. The owner – well, you got to understand, the owner's in there every day, Dan. The oh. owner is setting the tone for Howie, who is then setting the tone for the coach. He's in meetings, really. He's there. He's wow. always there. When Doug was there, he had – Doug had to go in every Tuesday morning, Doug Peterson, and meet with the owner. And the owner would tell him specifically what he liked and didn't like. All right. Now, this guy that won a Super Bowl did that. No, Lurie is under the radar, but extremely involved. Don't leave him out of the equation. Wow. Okay. Um, that's interesting here. In your opinion, then, you do not believe that this defense is a championship defense. No. Mm -mm. Here's the thing I've been on this book tour. So I did literally like 25 or 30 in the past two weeks. And I've been saying they're not good enough defensively. And last week, everywhere I went, including San Francisco radio, I predicted the Niners winning easily. 
and that nobody could, that, you're from Philadelphia. Aren't you trying to sell books? I said, yeah. But <laughs> the reason I lasted 33 years is I gave you my honest opinion. That defense stinks, right? Not defensive line, but the rest of it. And when you're 30th in the league, that means the Jets are ahead of you. The Giants are ahead of you. All these awful teams with two or three wins have a better rank pass defense than the Eagles. Come on, wake up. Wow. What do you make of the OCs and, and the defensive coordinators that they have on this team right here? It's a You know, it's hard. I, I know, look, Jonathan Gannon was awful regardless of the philosophy. Because any guy that is doing a job interview the week of the Super Bowl is not my kind of guy, all right? But what you're seeing with Sean Desai, the guy who replaced him is, he's a victim of this philosophy, I think. Yeah. I think what I've seen from Gannett in his year now as a head coach with Arizona is he blitzes way more than he did here. His defense is way more aggressive than the defense was here. So why would he suddenly do that unless he was held back by the people above him in the Eagles organization? So I'm thinking that the lack of aggression you're seeing is a dictate from the top. And that's why they're not going to win. And Seth Joyner said it yesterday. He got into a so social media battle with Darius Slack. Now, you got to understand, Seth Joyner is my idea of an aggressive football player. He took no prisoners. You come down the middle, Seth Joyner's going to wake you up with a smack <laughs> in the head. All right? And Seth Joyner comes out and said they, they, they weren't aggressive. They let well, they let Debo run right through them. They didn't care, right through the they didn't even try to tackle half those guys. And he went, it was awful. And Darius Slay said, maybe you know what this means. He says, Seth, you're talking out of the side of your neck. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, then yeah Seth yeah. said, Well, let me clear it up for you. You sucked yesterday. You couldn't <laughs> make a tackle. Is that coming out of my neck, too? <laughs> no, 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 no. Loud and proud, as we would say. Yeah, I got good names for those guys. James Trashberry and Paper Mache Slay. Uh, I mean, exactly. those two. And you're spending $30 million on these two guys. Yes. And, and Slay, maybe he was a big play Slay. Now he's no play Slay. What is he doing out there? Anything? He's lost the step. Guys are blowing right by him. Bradbury, I thought he missed the bus to the stadium yesterday. Where the hell was he? I didn't even see him. What are these guys doing? You're making all this money. You can't make a play? Nothing? You're not even near the guy? What are you doing? Absolutely. Oh. Would you make it a deal with Big Dom on the sideline? Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. This will address your right, – first of all, if I were giving out game balls, I would give one not to a member of the team, I give it to the security guard who got in the fight and got Greenlaw off the field. That was the best. That was the best thing to happen to the Eagles all day. I thought he was the only guy that wanted to hit anybody, too. Uh, exactly. My son is a Giants fan. And he was uh, he said to me, I was open when on the way out, Greenlaw would stop and punch Sirianni in the face. Because <laughs> you know, Sirianni's kind of like emotional on the sideline. And my <laughs> but no, that was that was the highlight of the game for Eagle fan. That was all that. That's hey, Angelo. There's no way that guy's Italian. He's got to be a Frenchman. There's no way that guy's Italian, man. I just, I just because I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't like 
how he coaches his team and all that emotion and this and that. I mean, right. dude, your your coach, the players are emotional. You're not yeah. a player guy. And here's a question I have for you too on him. So it's five nineteen left in the game. You're down forty two to nineteen. Yeah. Your quarterback oh. went into the tent. He oh. went back to the locker room. Oh. You keep the guy out there. You got Dallas coming up this week. What's the point of keeping – are you doing that for the MVP stuff and hollow numbers? I mean, why do you keep that guy in the game when he's been struggling all year with injuries? And Sirianni's explanation made no sense. You know, he felt like he could play. That doesn't – he doesn't get to decide who plays. You do. You're the coach. I was freaking out at that because right after that, he still got all the regulars out there, down three touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Swift took a mean shot. He yeah. got his clock rung, right? His bell rung. It was awful, and he kept him out there. And I used to – one thing I had going with Sirianni when I used to interview him after game, I'd say to him, Nick, on the sideline, you're fascinating. You're emotional. You're excited. I get to the press conference. Nothing. I get a straight answer, a simple question. Could I see a little bit of that Nick Sirianni at the news conference? No, I, uh, I don't want to wake anybody up on the other team. You know, I kind of stop. Well, you're putting me to sleep, too. And I, I wish you gave me a little bit of that in the news conference, you know? Nothing. Gives I would have told them, hey, you, we can't have you on at 6.30 any morning. We got to have you at 7.30. At least people will be up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're right. Oh, man. But this one hurts. This one hurt the city, even though I, I kind of had a feeling. Yeah, I got. I, I wrote a blog thing today. And I, if you read my book, what you're going to learn re really quickly is I have an intricate knowledge of pretty much nothing. That I'm not that knowledgeable on football. I'm not that knowledgeable on radio. And I, I'm not knowledgeable on anything. Life, I got. But you now. know a little bit about everything. A little bit, all right. And when I know that little bit is more than they're showing me, they know. Like, I got to do something about the pass defense. That's when I freak out. Because I go, what are they doing all week? <laughs> you know, all I, week I, I, I was with you, Angelo. I picked the Niners to win. I yeah. did, Actually, I, I made a comment, and everyone got on my ass about it. I said, last Monday, you can't win. There no. is not a chance in hell you're winning on that game on Sunday. I didn't think they'd get murdered like that. Yeah. And now I'm even thinking this, too. Angelo, this, this Cowboy week. Think, think about how important this is now. If they lose this game, that means San Francisco then yeah. owns all the tiebreakers, and right. they have a tough schedule. Detroit's in it. The Cowboys have some tough games down the line. Then it's a race to home field. Do you agree? If the First, let's do Cowboys. What do you make it a Cowboy week? Cowboys are erratic. Sometimes really good, sometimes not as good. The Cowboys will handle 14 the straight at home. The Cowboys will handle the Eagles Sunday. I, do, I agree. They will handle them. Now the Eagles have three losses. Oh, they got the next game moved to Monday night in Seattle with the Seahawks playing for the season, 10-4. and four. Now the whole city of Philadelphia is in a panic. Uh, fortunately, the Giants arrived just in time to save, and then they'll beat the Giants. They'll probably beat Gannon in Arizona. They'll beat the Giants again. So they end up winning the last three. They're not going to make it. They're so wait a minute, yeah. Angelo, you have them in a three-game losing streak. Yes. You want money on it? 
No, 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 no. I'm going right to DraftKings. Can they get? I'm telling you, <laughs> what you saw yesterday was not an aberration. No, I don't. It's I, been happening all year. Hey, how about this? The last five games, they've surrendered 463 yards in total offense. <sighs> the last month and a and a, and a couple of weeks. That's unbelievable. Do you understand how bad that is? Oh, and that's so bad that nobody see it within the Eagles organization is acknowledging it. What they are saying is, eh, you know, even great teams have a rough day. No, great teams are never 30th in pass defense. Ever. Ever. It doesn't happen. They're 32nd, Angelo, in first down surrendered. Yeah, it's uh, right now. I'm going to tell you right now, Dan. I'll be happy to come on your show next week and the following week to take Great. a bow. Ten and four, two weeks uh, from okay. now. I want you listen. Ten and four. Well, then let's do this because oh, you hear that, Xander? Thank you, Angelo. I want to Ten ask you that. I want to ask you about the uh, the book tour here a bit. Well, that's why I'm killing the book tour by making all these negative comments and trying to get Eagle fans to buy my book. How stupid am I? Hey, help me out on this though. Don't don't Eagle fans though. I've learned one thing about them. They they know the truth. They just don't want to speak the truth. Very true. Oh my God, is that a great comment? That's a great comment. And and the reason that I made a connection with them is I spoke their truth. And when they got real frustrated, like today, that the, uh, like I don't think any of the hosts came down that hard on. Of course what not. They saw because they're, they're the big picture they're 10 and 2. And that never that never really changed the way I looked at things. I, I tended to see things uh, in a negative way that was also realistic. And often the fans view. I know how many emails I got, even though I'm not on the air anymore, Dan. And the fans are really angry with the lack of aggression on the defense. That's the number one topic. And... Um, Angelo, I don't think I don't I don't think you come from a position of negative. I think you come from a position that you're so close to being great and that you're right here. It's one thing to be a Ford win team. There's so many holes that you could sit there and just take shots at everybody. But when you're this close and you've got deficiencies that you see are causing them to get more and be more than what they can be, to me, that's pointing out truth. That's not 100%. pointing out just to be an asshole. 100%. Just so you know, all right, because I'll give you the positive. I love Hurts. He's a little up and down. Uh, what Mike Quick was saying during the game yesterday is the only plays that were working were the plays that they improvised. That yeah. the, 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 the actual uh, yeah. plays in the book were not working, all right? he's The Eagles have never had a better wide receiver than A.J. Brown. He's the best they've ever had in their history. This guy makes plays out of nothing, right? Uh, Devontae Smith on the other side is terrific, right? Tougher than I thought. Swift, and they've got good runners. They've got a veteran offensive line, maybe a little getting a little old now, but still good. There's a lot, and the defensive line is filled with young talent. And they've got Fletcher Cox in the middle playing better than he has in five years, all right? There's a lot of good in the team. Maybe the best kicker in the league, one of the best two or three kickers in the league. They've got all that stuff. But they've got this big gaping hole they're not addressing. And if they don't address it, Dan, this is the beginning of a bad slide for that team. 
You know, and that, that guy Ferguson's turning up that tight end that Dallas has. He's starting to turn out to be somebody. And if you watch Kittle, wow. you know, you saw him and how he just blocked. He chipped, got out, went down the field mm. 25 yards. They had absolutely no Nobody. answer for him. Nobody. And, and the thing is, every tight end on the schedule from here on out is going to look at the tape and go, wow, that's my career day right there. Nobody's going to cover me. And they don't. Awful. Angelo, what is the biggest thing you've learned talking to people about how you presented your show and yourself? Your show was you. Yeah. Okay, that's how I look at broadcasting. The more you're you, the more you, I think, more people are attracted to people instead of being BS artists, the more you're you. So it had to be you presenting yourself to the fans of Philly every single morning. What have you learned, though? with the book, you know, when you get out there on tour? It's a great question, Dan. And I'm going to tell you, um, I never gave a damn how the players felt about me or the coaches or the owners or any of them. I just don't care. I am not attempting to befriend them. I do not plan to go to Lurie's mansion for dinner tonight. I don't care. All right. And what I got from them is thank you for being honest and giving us your opinion. Thanks for not tiptoeing around issues that uh you know other guys uh, you they don't want to get anybody angry they don't want the pr staff to call the station whatever the pr staff call the station all the time from all the teams for me and i basically my instructions to rio was tell them to go to hell say this is the way i do the show that's why there's other stations for you to check out just be honest it's that simple if you're paid to do that job just like you do it danny be honest. Give your honest opinion. And if you piss somebody off, too bad. Honesty will, will save the day. It's what got me through 33 years. Just give your opinion. Even if it's wrong, at least it's an honest opinion. Angelo, did you have, and you know what? I've, I've, I've always presented my show the way you have presented your show. But I don't know if I ever had this, and maybe you did. Did you ever have someone? that was there for you that would deflect some of that because it's one thing to have an opinion, but when, and, and maybe it's a different, maybe it's a different time too, Angelo, because back then, you know, most companies now don't have the balls to fight back on advertisers because you get held hostage and they call the companies now and then they get the host removed. For instance, Tucker Carlson or whomever yeah. advertisers call in and get you removed. Maybe it was, we're just in a different era now where companies wow. don't really have the the backbone any longer to fight these people. And that's why you were able to survive all those years because it's a legendary run, but there's also a lot of luck involved in that too. Well, it was the right, uh, in all honesty, in this book, if, if you've gotten that far in it, I, uh, I trash a lot of my bosses, all right? Including one boss who was so uh, upsetting to me that I had a clause in my contract that he couldn't talk to me without my permission all right so oh, no that's in you're there. the goat yep i i and i reprinted the clause on page 5 1995 when i got it tb but, but here's the thing though dan even the even the guys that didn't like working with me my bosses they all backed me when i got into when i frustrated or angered one of the teams 
or I trashed the coach or that they, they supported it. Now, did they do it out of the goodness of their heart or did they do it because I was making money for the station? Well, I, you know, whatever the reason was, every one of them supported me to the extent that my job was never under fire. I was never being threatened by it because, um, because they knew that that's what sports talk is. It's giving your honest opinion, damn it. That's all you should do. And I can't tell you how many don't. It's frustrating. You talk to the sports fans, not at them. Would that exactly. be something that's in the book also, that something that I'm picking up? You talk to people, not at them. You weren't I, preaching. I like them. They, they only, the, the reason I did the book is um, to thank them because um, they're amazingly loyal in this city, you know, and uh, that's why days like this, it's even when, you know, there's a good explanation for what happened. You just hear the pain. People live and die for that football team. This city is such a great football city. And, and when you get embarrassed like that, when there's three minutes left in the game and there's like one out of 10 seats filled, everybody left. Ooh, that hurts. That hurts. Man, it's civic pride, isn't it, Angelo? Oh, it's so much that. So many people in this, of course, this book tour. That generation after generation has handed down their love of football and their love of the Eagles. And they really hurt when you lose, especially as badly as they did yesterday. A couple last questions. Have you enjoyed being on tour with, you know, talking about the book? Because, again, I would think that, especially on a day, you know, I don't think you miss it every day, but I think you miss today. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I guess. Um Here's the thing. All right. I think that uh, I knew it was the right time to get out. And that's so important to, to not think there's still a lot of gas in the tank when you walk away. Uh, I walked away at exactly the right time. And, and this has been a tremendous education to me of what matters to the fans being out there every day and um, and, and sharing this book with them. And I, I can't tell you what a great experience has been so far. And I got a marketing person, Cindy Webster. Damn, I'm doing 30 or 35 of these a week. That's crazy. Right? And it, I'm talking more now than when they were paying me to do it. <laughs> Dude, dumb thing. I should have stayed another year. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this. Jimmy Johnson in retirement is a completely different guy than the guy I knew when I, he coached me in college and in, I was in the pros. He's a completely I, – I, I tell people – that's not the same guy that was my coach, but he's right. such a great man to me. Has retirement changed you, Angelo, from when you were behind the mic to where you are now? Is it more reflection? Is it more appreciation? Is it all of it? How do you see yourself right now with the things that you've accomplished? Because look, Angelo, when you're a guy like what we did, you have your head down the whole time. And when you retire, I would think, you get a chance to look up and look around and see the, the stuff that you've done. And you don't get a real good appreciation for all the years and things that you've accomplished. I mean, are you in a better place now? I, I'm sleeping better. I have much better <laughs> You're sleep not a vampire, than, you mean? <laughs> oh, I'm sleeping way better than getting up at 2.30 in the morning. I could tell you that. This came up at one of the stops on the tour last week. My wife, who's kind of my right-hand person, she's handling the business of the book. Somebody said... Is Angelo a lot different now that he's retired? And she goes, no, 
We're still hoping, but not yet. <laughs> That's fantastic. Angela, listen now. I'm going to hold you to that the next two weeks. Yes. Okay. I'm, they're going to lose the next two games. This is killing my business. I'm sorry. I just have to be honest. He's driving this book into the ground. He's driving. They're going to lose to the ultimate. They're going to lose to the Cowboys. Then they're going to drop that Monday night game hmm. against Seattle. I mean, hey, are you are you trying to sell books? <laughs> right, hold on. I got one. I, Dan, I got to ask you on the uh, this thing. I got to ask you because it's killing me. So I've been, uh, you know, on my website, AngeloCatali.com, I'm personalizing all the books and I'm getting a lot of requests and a lot of the requests are bleep Dallas with the word. Now, here's what's going on though. So I talked to Mike Sealski, a columnist at the Enquirer, Ray Didiger. There's a real legend, football Absolutely. writer. Uh, today, I talked to Derek Gaunt, tremendous reporter on the Eagles. I said, would you write that? Every one of them said, absolutely not. I have a standard to hold up to. And I felt horrible because I've been writing. I wrote over 400 of these already. Dan Salaya. No, you got, would you, you write that? Would you write that? I would write it for you, but not everyone, no. Okay. Then you because know what you, you know why, Angelo? You know, I got to tell you, you know, I don't leave my driveway unless there's um, Scratchola. You know, I'm not a, I'm not really um Right. You know, hey, hey, Silver, wow. you come down here. And, uh, right. You know, what are we looking at here? I mean, mm. I at least have to have a certificate for Pasta Vazul. Something oh, here, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is a low point. Angelo, don't sign shit for free. <laughs> this means my standards are lower than yours. That's hey, a bad sign. You don't sign anything for free, Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, hold on a minute. I'm doing this for free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love it, Angie, Daddy. I will talk next week. Thank you so much right, for doing this for me. Take it easy, buddy. Bye -bye. You got it. It's the great Angelo Cataldi. Make sure you get his book too, okay? Loud. Yeah, that's a good point. So now I got a guest now for the next two weeks. Angelo Cataldi every week. What do you think of that there, Xander? I don't. <laughs> it's gotta be a pot. It's gotta be a paisan. This is why I don't get it. Sirianni's a paisan, I think. You know, he might be a northern Italian guy, so I don't know. <laughs> he could, you know. If he's like a Calabrese guy, he could be like um, south of France. So, <laughs> I mean, he, you know, when you're up there, you like white sauce. Man, Big Sills likes red sauce. I'm more of a red sauce, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of my deal there. Okay. Gary Cobb's going to join us at 430 from Fox 29 in Philadelphia. <laughs> Next two weeks. Hey. Maybe we can make that a segment every week moving forward. Big Sills and Angelo. You have Big Dom, Big Angelo, Big Sills. Hey, Xander, that sounds like a show. <laughs> big, big Dom, Big Sills, and Big Angelo. I'm liking it. It's got a very European flavor to it, too, a little bit here. Actually liking it here. Hey, by the way, our good friends. Month of December, happy holidays from our friends from Hooters to you. Absolutely great. Hey, by the way, we're working on showing up on Saturday at King of Prussia. We'll give you more details on that.
Big Sales is going to be in town for an exclusive. Okay, and I told you, I don't leave my house. So um, we'll be there, I believe, on Saturday. I'll give you more details. But December 2, man, and Hooters and football, what go better together here? Hooters bonus. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Bucks are back. Santa bonus bucks. Great gift cards. $5 gift cards. Hooter Girls are there to give out the calendars. I mean, has to be one of the best presidents. It's a stocking stuffer for your calendars there. You get nine of the girls, I believe, in the calendar from the Northeast area, northeasthooters.com. $100 in bonus coupons are inside the calendar, too. You can also go to hooters2go.com to get your food and then take it home back to your castle there. Lunch specials Monday through Friday, 1130 to 3, boneless wings, happy hour Monday through Friday, 4 to 6, 6 bucks, 6 items, very simple. Tuesdays, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free, kids eat for free on Saturday, wingless, wing Wednesdays, 1983, the year the place was founded. Simple as that. You go to northeasttutors.com, that's northeasttutors.com, and do me a favor, tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Look at Scott ten and two and got your faces kicked in. We're ten and two, and you got killed. <laughs> and you got killed by a guy making nine hundred grand and was the last pick in the draft. Ripped you a new one. Woo! Oh wait. Oh, hang on. Jeez. Dude, the 49ers were like a proctologist. <laughs> I mean, woo! Holy cow, man. You talking about going in for a checkup. That wasn't just getting your teeth cleaned. <laughs> woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you can you dim the lights? <laughs> uh. Holy cow. Still 10 and 2. Yeah, I don't know if you got your pride still left after that thrashing. Got your asses kicked. 10 and 2. Yeah, like it mattered. Niners. Hey, the Niners look at you and go, you're 10 and 2. We beat you by. So wait a minute. They beat the Cowboys by 32 and you by 23. I don't know. I think they got a pretty good handle on the NFC. <laughs> don't you think? I mean,. Okay, they beat the Cowboys by 32 and you by 23. I don't know. That's convincing, isn't it? Hey, at the hey, at the end of the day, that's not a coincidence, is it? 10 to 2 is still better than anything you did. Oh my god. 
Oh, man, you got me good, Prince. Wow. Wow, Prince, what a what what a jab. I'm I'm utterly insulted. <laughs> I'm utterly insulted. Worst 10 and 2 team in the league after that ass beating, wouldn't you think? Wait, there's only one. Oh. Who <laughs> hey, wait. Who would here, here's a better question for you. Who would you rather be, the nine and three niners after killing Dallas and you? Or a 10 and 2 team that just got a new one ripped. Who would you rather be again? I'd rather be us. <laughs> 10 and 30 for your career. I have no idea what that means. Okay. Only 10 and 2 team that got their ass beat and was an underdog at home. So you had two good ones over the weekend. Still be, still will be Eagles. We'll see. 10 and 2. Yes, sir. Biggest ass beating on a 10 and 2 team I've seen in about 20 years. Woo! Oh, by the way, remember I told you something else? If Jalen Hurts loses that game convincingly, he's lost the MVP award. Let's take a look at that. So the new odds came out. Dak Prescott. <laughs> How? I don't know, but I do know. Is that a favorite to win the most valuable player award? So let me get this right. You beat Dak. You beat Mahomes. You beat Allen. You have an off game. And you no longer are the favorite. And you beat Geno Smith when you're Dak. <laughs> they don't want Jalen Hurts to represent the National Football League. I'm really hoping his ass kicking woke him up. Dirty D, woke who up? That, that defense is not getting better. That defense is what Howie Roseman has put on the roster. It's not going to get better. You're just, here, here's, here's the thing. You're just not going to play teams like San Francisco. You're not in their league. Gee, I wonder what would have happened in the NFC title game last year. One can only wonder. Huh. One can only wonder now. Let's see. You only gave up, they only gave up 263 yards of total offense then. What'd you guys get this game? You got a little more, 333. Huh. What would have happened? The league does hate you, James, because Jalen Hurts should still be in the front for the MVP because the people he's beaten. That's reality. Okay. It, it, and I agree with you, but they look at Dak. Dak's the favorite. Oh, wait. The coaching staff. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How about this one? The two favorites that are now for the most valuable player award are Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy at plus 300. How did Brock Purdy get up there? Jalen Hurts is second. 375, Eagles. Tua is third at 750, Dolphins. Lamar and Mahomes are tied for fourth at 900. Jalen Hurts has no shot to win the MVP award. His numbers one aren't good enough. And if he has a record like everyone else, if there's a three-way tie for the best record in the NFC, he ain't winning it. 
Brock Purdy, 11. Brock Purdy went into your place and destroyed you. Did he not? And won. You still have to play the Giants twice. You're probably going to need to have to win those games. The Giants are terrible. Eagles smashed the Niners. Well, when they got their quarterback back, they destroyed you. What would have happened if Brock Purdy huh, had played four quarters in that game? One can only wonder now. Maybe that's what those guys were talking about. Just wondering. <laughs> Brock Purdy only threw for 99 yards. Let me see. Is that right? Look at how dumb some of these people are. He was 19 to 27 for 314. Four touchdowns, 148-8 quarterback rating, and he threw for 93 yards. I think he got the wrong guy. We were caught lacking both Jets, now Niners. The LB core will have to step. What LB core? I'll take Gus and Jim at the point of depth. Welcome to Philly, Shaq Leonard. Okay. Every single guy you sign are guys that have been cut to play linebacker. And once again, this goes back to the construction of your defense. How he goes cheap once he gets off the lines. And they play a philosophy that's not conducive to today's NFL. Do you want to hear another stat that will blow your mind? Do you know quarterbacks that play against the Eagles are at a 76% completion percentage the whole year as an as a average? That means almost eight out of every 10 passes anybody throws against you they complete how is that championship football sills is there something we can do against dallas yeah go back to being who you are a tough guy why what is you know angelo said something again i didn't know jeffrey laurie was like that would Hurts pass Dak for MVP if he beats Dallas? I think he's ahead of him now, but the yak in that game was unreal. Yeah, because they had great players. And if you remember, Dirty, I said you didn't have guys that could cover him. If, if Jalen beats Dak in Dallas, would he move back into the lead? Probably. Realistically, he should, but voter-wise, I don't know. It just seems there's an anti-Jalen Hurts. Again, see what Pretty Dime says? Who cares about the MVP award? Well, the MVP has nothing to do with the postseason. And it's a collateral award if you're playing well. So you should care. I want my quarterback to play at an MVP level. The MVP is picked during the regular season. 
There's no postseason that's part of the evaluation. It's got nothing to do with it. Uh, nothing to do with it. Voting ends at the end of the year. Okay? Need playoff wins, not MVP. That's the second season. When we get there, we'll see where they are. Eagles 75, Dallas 3. That's what I love to see. That's my linebackers suck. Linebackers suck. Secondary sucks. Here, Calvin, this goes back to what I opened the show with. And I can't wait to Gary Cobb joins us at the bottom of the hour. This team, remember, remember what I said to you? I asked you the most important thing. Do you guys think you closed the gap on winning a Super Bowl? from 10 months ago. Are you better now? And most of you in here obviously thought you were. Then you got a reality check yesterday. Dude, your record had no bearing. They didn't care. They came in, talk shit. Get this. They talk shit to you. They punched your security guy in the face. They punched you in the nuts and put their backup quarterback in. And you're 10 and one. <laughs> like it mattered. Man, San Francisco came in and they were angry because they believe you got over on them in the NFC title game. I don't believe that because I think Hassan Reddick made a play. But boy, I'll tell you, their play yesterday, they they had a mission and mission accomplished. And they stuffed your offense. Your offense was shut down. Get this, you were shut down by San Francisco. Both both your so-called legendary lines were taken apart in this game. That's physical. That's physical. You were out-physicaled. You had 46 yards rushing. They had 146, and they shut you down. Do you think there's less pressure on the team now that they are no longer the favorites? I wouldn't say they're not the favorites. No one's saying that. I told you who's healthier in January is going to win this thing. I told you that all last week. This is a week-to-week proposition. Just because you have a record, when you show up, are you healthy? Are you tired? Have you been playing a ton of games? How are you and where are you in the bye? All of that mattered for the Eagles. Again, the thing I hear, honest, honest to God, can I tell you what I really took away from your team? You had eight minutes of football in you. You had eight minutes and 19 seconds of football in you yesterday. And after that, between the shitty coaching and all the reps and all the plays and all the great games and all the comebacks, it it, it, it took its toll. It's not an excuse. Hey, where's that so-called gauntlet you are? People keep saying you're the gauntlet. I don't know. 
think the 49ers smashed it. Secondary looks like they're only there for a check. I, I, I think it's the linebacker play and the safety play that's hurting them too. I think all of that. Look, poor tackling is a sign of fatigue also. All of that, you know, missing tackles. Dude, you, there, who, who was the guy that hit Brock Purdy and didn't get Brock Purdy? Dude, Brock Purdy's not Josh Allen. He's not Josh Allen. Who was the guy that hit him and bounced off him like, like he was Derrick Henry? Who, who was the guy that bounced off him? Brock Purdy is not the most physically imposing guy. And he didn't wrap up. That's fatigue. Was it Ricks? Roby? I don't know. There were a ton of missed tackles. Dude, when De- Debo Samuel caught a slant pass... It went right up the middle of your defense and no one put a glove on him. That's tiredness. That's poor angles. All the things I said. The gauntlet is real. And I'm with Angelo. You're not beating Dallas. That's a tired football team. Now you got to get on the... now. You got to get on an airplane and go to a place where teams won 14. And if it wasn't for two inches, they beat you in Philly. You got a you got a big task ahead of you. And then that Seattle game on Monday night, thank God they flexed it. Because you get an extra day's rest. Boy, I'll tell you, it's not that the Eagles the Eagles. Have not played their best football? No, this is their best football. They are doing so many different things than they did a year ago. I do think, hey, RTF, I do think that game being moved to Monday is huge. Okay, I do. Jack Leonard will be missing tackles too. I don't know that. Okay. Again, I don't. Indianapolis cutting him is a big deal because I want to know why Indianapolis cut him. And they say he's always hurt. Okay. The Eagles are desperate. They're desperate. Keon says it's the same record as a year ago. Were you killed last year anytime? I don't remember that one. Did some team kill you last year like that? And give you a butt kicking for 52 minutes in a game? I don't remember that game. I actually, since I've been on the air 2021 for Jacob, I can't remember the last time the Eagles got their asses kicked like that. Where you're beat by that many points, 23. I can't remember. I can't remember the last time you got your faces kicked in like that. You you, you may never have. Maybe, maybe the playoff game with the Bucks and Brady. The year that they won the Super Bowl. I don't I don't remember. Okay. 
I, it's it's been a little bit, right? No heart of the game. You know what I would say, Young? I don't really think it had anything to do with heart. I think it had everything to do with energy. They just didn't have the energy to go out there and put it out there. Dude, those first eight minutes show you they can hang. But they ran out of that energy. They just didn't have the gas in the can. Okay? Are we surprised that D looked like they had nothing by the second quarter? No, I told you that's what – everything I told you guys last week panned out. I said you'll – I thought it would be closer because I thought you would at least keep the energy, but you saw it at 819. I was like this. Man, they're bringing pressure. They're pressuring Purdy. I even tweeted out. I thought Brock Purdy was – Yale, I thought Brock Purdy was – I thought he was rattled. They couldn't do shit the first two series. Had massive energy. The place was on fire. When you guys couldn't put those two – I think the team knew. When they didn't get 14 points and you only got six, and then when the Niners got the lead, it was over. That game was never competitive after that. It was never competitive. Could have scored another touchdown. He took a kneel down. They even put their backup quarterback in. That's another thing. <clears throat> I didn't I dressed it a little, but not enough. So let me ask you something here before I bring Gary Cobb on. 519 left in a ball game. It's 42-19. Nick Sirianni's got Jalen Hurts still in a ball game that he was in the tent and in the locker room. And you're getting your asses kicked. What's the point of that? Dude, that thing was, uh, Angelo Cataldi said it, that thing was an absolute train wreck. And the 49ers put the whooping stick. Let's get our friend Gary Cobb on from Fox 29 in Philadelphia. Boy, I'll tell you what, Gary, that was um, that was a behold. Yeah, uh, it, it was ugly, man. I mean, um, you know, after the first quarter, you know, and really, uh, you know, you didn't expect things to just go south that quickly, but when they didn't score, you know, when they didn't get in the end zone, you know that comes back to haunt you when you're playing a good team. Now, if you're playing a poor team, sometimes you get a pass. And, and the Eagles have been finding ways to get passes, but they did not punch that ball in the end zone. Now, you know, and, you know, the thing is, you know, they were trying. They knew they needed to step up this week. So, you know, they weren't. they didn't just come out walking, just going through the motions. They knew we got to get on these guys. But they didn't get the ball into the end zone. And ultimately, you know, uh, the dog, you got to give those, you got to give the 49ers credit, man. They came out on the attack. Eventually, Shanahan, with the way he was dialing up plays and um, everything was, everything was working. And they attacked the Eagles where, you know, I expected them to. You know, those linebackers in the middle, uh, they, they took it to them. Uh, really, you could see that uh, some of the Eagles' big guys were tired. You know, they, they just didn't have um, the fire they had had. And you could see where those guys were kind of sluggish and they weren't getting off blocks on the running game. And then once they get the running game going on you, you know you better you better you better get ready because one, once they get that running game going, one forty six. And Gary, I said this about mm. both Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. You know. 
Jordan Davis has never played this volume of reps. That's and right. Jalen Carter could be hitting that rookie wall here. Because if you look at the last three weeks, 168, 174, 146, we're starting to see yeah. a trend here. And if they can't stop the run with that back end, that's not a championship defense, is it? No, no, it's not. I mean, we, we've been saying all year with the, uh, you know, and, and some things, they, they're just horrible. I mean, you can't play pure zone in the NFL. You, you don't play pure zone. You really play matchup zone. That means when a guy's in your area, you got to be on him. Or you're just going to watch him catch the ball because the quarterback's arms are good enough to where if you got a good quarterback, you can't just be standing in the, in the area where the guy is. No, you got to be on him. So you kind of play a matchup zone uh, like they do in basketball where when a guy comes through your area, you got him, you're on him. And then you, 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 you could pass him on to somebody else but you got to be right there on the guy in order to knock the ball down, or you're just going to stand and watch him catch the ball. So they they need to improve in that area. They're just not that good. And, and really the whole defense. I mean, the corners are playing too far off guys. I mean, how, how much, how much room are you giving the guy? God, they could, I mean, Gary, there were so many gaping lanes and passing lanes. Yeah. I mean, you look like you were watching a college football game. Usually in the NFL, those windows are so tight, they were wide open. And wide open. Wide like open. When, when Kittle got that block and released, went down Woo. the sideline for 25, it was like the linebacker had never seen a block and release tight end get off the line. You know that's what he does. I mean, they, they just were not, you know, it's like they didn't really prepare for this team. Yeah. You're preparing for the 49ers. You know certain things they like to do. Just like when they when they ran the reverse, you know, uh, and and you look it over and you're going like, these guys don't want to make the tackle. Go up and make it. What are you doing? Go up, and, get off the block. Go up, and make the tackle, man. They were they were they were not playing aggressive. The corners, and, and this is what they did. They they had the corners. They put them in position where they got to come up and tackle. And if a guy, you know, a lot of times, you know, corners. I, I play with some good Gary, You don't think our corners are physical, do you? They're not. They don't want to tackle. I mean, come on. They, you could go back and look at the film and you see with both of those guys not coming up, refusing to come up. Like, come up and make the tackle, dude. You got to come up. And, and, and this is where they, they, they really <laughs> – I mean, it's, it's almost funny because they know a guy doesn't want to tackle. <laughs> so they go – well, you know, you know who you're gonna you gotta tackle this week, man. You're gonna have to tackle this week. And, and they really just kind of exposed them. Man. And you, you gotta give them credit. I, I gotta give them credit. Everybody gotta give these guys credit because that was a butt whooping. That was I, my daddy gave me a few of those. Hey Gary, so you gotta hey, so you 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 really think that Debo knew that he could be physical with those guys and they were not gonna put him down. Yeah, you know, but that's what that's what he was saying. See, that's what he was saying. We made the comments, and 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 he was right. I mean, they did not really, they didn't want him. And you know, hey, look, you know that certain teams they are going to make you make tackles, and if you're a cornerback, you don't want to tackle people. They identify you, and they make sure to run plays where you got to come, you got to be the one to come up and make the tackle, and they didn't want any part of Debo. 
That's why you look at the touchdown, that first one. No, they don't want to come off and make the tackle, man. They did not want make hey, I'm, I'm coach, I'm blocked. I'm blocked, coach. I'm blocked. I think I think I'm hearing soft. That's, I, I, that's hey. what you're hearing. That's what you're hearing. And you know, I, I think where some of the guys' teammates gotta go, look, dude, if you don't want to play today. The, the, go, the leave, man. The, you don't want to play today because you got to tackle Debo. That's why they designed this. And they're, you know, I mean, come on. I, you know, hey, DK Metcalf is up in two weeks, too. <clears throat> oh, boy. You know, they want no part of him, man. They want no part of <laughs> hey, him. Hey, 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 Gary, all that being said, you got Dallas this week. Oh, boy. Well, in Dallas, where they've won 14 straight. Well, you know, um, you know, I see where, you know, they got uh, Shaq Leonard. T tell him hurry up, okay? <laughs> hey, in fact, I, I think I'm going to go over to the stadium now, man. Go ahead and start doing some drills or something, you know? <laughs> hey, dude, that guy Christian Ellis, man. Wow, that was hard to watch. I, I mean, you know, the thing is, you know, they got to be serious. You can't just throw kids out there. That's and, and a howie Gary, isn't it funny that the 49ers spend money on Greenwell and Warner and McCaffrey and yeah. the Eagles don't spend money at all in those? And those were the guys that kind of annihilated them Ooh. yesterday. You know, I mean, it just shows you a little bit about their construction. Now, you can do that when your quarterback is making 900 grand. Yeah. So you got you got some latitude to do that. But True. I'll tell you what, man. Hey, well, I have to ask you, what do you make a big dime, boy? I, that getting in there, hey, come on, man! You can't put your hands on players, man. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, he, he was, um, he, he wasn't trying to do anything wrong. No, you see no, that it, it, it wasn't where he was doing something aggressive against anybody. But he was pretty much almost, you know, I know he went into the mindset because he does that at practice. See, if if some guys are getting into it, he's going to, hey, 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 you guys, come on. So he got into that, and he just was playing the role. Um, and uh, and not really trying to be. I thought he was trying to be a peacemaker. That that's what he was doing. That's what he. That's really what he was doing. Yeah. And and, and trying to get guys separated so n nobody gets hurt and everything. So, uh, but you know, it's it, it's it's something that'll uh, go away. But you know, the guys are going to be jabbing him about that for probably for twenty years. <laughs> hey, hey hey Gary, can you tell me something? What has happened to the Eagles' run game? They had forty six yards rushing. And if I look at the numbers right here, Swift had six carries, and I think he only had two in the second half. I mean, why one guy's missing? That's Isaac Sayamala, or if you want to go there with uh, Miles Sanders, okay. But only one guy is missing. What's happened to their philosophy of running the ball, man? I mean, it's, it's like they don't want to. Well, I, I don't think they're committed to it, see. They're not committed to it the way the 49ers are. Is that a, is that a coordinator thing, the, or is that an organization, or both? I, I, it's an organizational thing. It's it's uh well, and I wouldn't say it's much organizational, but it's Nick. Nick is Nick's like likes to throw the ball, you know, and I I don't think their um their offensive coordinator. I don't think he's committed to the run. He's a passer too, so. Somebody's got to step in there and go, look, man, we got to run the football, you guys. We got to run the football. And uh, I, I, all I can think is the offensive line coach has got that in his blood. 
but but the other guys do not have running in their blood to where when they get in trouble, they're never going to totally get away from it. And you got to know when you're playing against a good team, if you're not balanced, your, your chances are slim. You're not going to get it done because they're going to turn the pass rushes loose on you. So, you know, you're not going to be able to get it done. You need a balanced attack. And I just don't like the fact that they, they don't have a big back. They don't have a back that's a physical back. Because when you're playing against these good teams, you know, you, you can't just send a little light in the pants guy up there. That doesn't do anything for anybody. They don't, nobody even is concerned about it. You need a guy that runs hard. And, you know, that's what they had. You know, they got a physical back. You need a guy who's able to be physical. And, you know, they brought the kid in from Seattle. They, didn't, they don't like something about him or something that he never plays. So it's like they don't have a big back. All their, I mean, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, insult anybody, but, you know, so I won't use the word with the, the M, the little guy, M, the M word. <laughs> but, but that's what I think when I see the backs. I'm going like, man. You mean mini, yeah, wait, you mean mini me. <laughs> you mean hey, mini you can use back. that, but I got it. I was thinking of the word midget. But <laughs> I got you. I got you. You, 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 you know but what's they, funny, Gary? Couple they're not physical, questions. though. couple last questions here for you. Um, could it possibly be, instead of Brian Johnson, last year it seemed to me that Shane Steichen was the head chief in charge of play calling. That this year, you know, you make the word, and you said something interesting here, and I'm wondering how you feel about it, that maybe the organization and maybe Nick is not completely committed to Brian Johnson. And so that there's more voices in the building because of what and how new he is to being a play caller. Maybe they're not 100% behind him because it's, it looks like Nick has some say in this and it looks like the two and well, five he always has. He always has. I mean, he had last year. He had, a you think he had as much last year as he has this year? Uh, yeah. It depends on how much he exerted. I probably exerted more this year, you know, because of course last year, everything was hunky dory. There were no spots in the year. Like, like yesterday, they didn't have any, any time in during the season like that. So without a doubt, Nick is, has had his hands in things more. And, you know, I, I don't think he goes over there to him during the game and say, hey, we got it. We cannot leave our running game. We cannot leave our running game. And they don't have, you know, like even though Sanders would take things outside too much, he was a bigger back, you know, than Swift. And, and Swift is a small back. All the other backs are little guys. They really need somebody with some size, at least some decent size, so you can be physical. They got, and you know what? I think that takes away something from the offensive line too, because I think if they told that line, they got a big back in there. Look, we're gonna pound. We, hey, we're not leaving you guys out of out here. We're gonna pound the ball on these guys because offensive linemen don't want to pass rush all the time, every play, especially against a good defensive line. They want to run the ball at them some because that keeps them honest and that makes their job easier. You can't just throw the ball every dog on play and, and going to keep guys happy. You need to let them punch them in the mouth some. So you run the ball at these guys, you know, especially uh, a defensive line like they were playing yesterday. You don't want to just throw the ball every play. And, and, and then also, um, 
That San Francisco defense is for real. They they are for real. And then listening to them after the game, uh, I'm trying to remember which one of them. uh, I think it was Bosa. He was talking about how they they weren't so much uh, thinking about just sacking uh, Jalen. The big thing they wanted him to do was they wanted to get his attention so he brings his eyes down. He's not looking downfield. He's looking to scramble. And see, that's the key with Jalen. How long does he give the play before he brings his eyes down? And then he's not looking downfield. If somebody's open, it doesn't matter. He doesn't see him because he's thinking about scrambling. They wanted him to be in that scramble mode rather than sitting back there, giving the play a chance and, and throwing the ball. So that's something I know they talked to him about, try, trying to keep his eyes downfield as long as possible to give those guys a chance to run their routes. But that's what Bosa was saying after the game. And, and I can see it where that's one of the keys uh, with Jalen is does he keep, keep his eyes downfield to give play a chance as long as he can. Now, you, you can't ask him to work miracles where he's got to do both. He can, he can only give the play a certain amount of time, and then he, he's looking at these guys and, and looking at using his legs to buy more time. So uh, they, they just got to play better. I mean, I Gary, I'll that, tell you uh, what was really, really different in that game was what you talked about earlier that the pass routes for the Niners were so crisp and clear. And yeah. yet when I saw the Eagle pass routes and slow developing, getting out there, I mean, like you said, it just seemed like it, it they were like in slow motion getting those pass routes where the Niners are, w- are running crossing routes and yeah. they're running all those creative jet sweeps and such. It just, I don't know, it, it, it just, to, to me, it, it looks more predictable with what they're doing in Philly compared to what they're doing in San Francisco because Brock Purdy had a 148 quarterback rating. Hey, you know, you know Shanahan, you know, uh, like uh, they were talking about uh, the way he draws up the plays and everything. And how at times they say, oh, coach, coach, we think that's enough. That's enough for this week, coach, because he's a great play designer, you know. And uh, and once they get the running game going, you got your work cut out for you oh, because yeah. there are guys coming from everywhere. And then, you know, the motions and everything. And um, I was just listening uh, to Nick and Nick was saying that maybe the, the defense should have got looked at the things with more detail and everything. Uh, because they do set you up, man. They set, I mean, they do a great job of setting you up. So you got to stop that running game. And uh, if they should, I, I thought they should have went to a five-man front. Stop the running game, or you don't have any chance against them, man. If you get, you let that running game get going, you are done. Because they, they, they go with the motions, and they've got all these guys that are weapons. You know, which one do you want to get you, Kittle? Or do you want Debo? Or you want McCaffrey? Okay. Which are you? you make the choice. Hey, I got two last questions. I want to show. I want to ask you this here. They yeah. beat the 49ers have beat Dallas by 32. Oof. They beat the Jags by 31. Yeah. They beat the Eagles by 23. They beat the Steelers by 23. Are they the best team in the NFL? Uh, right now, they are. Right now, they are. Uh, that doesn't mean that's going to be the case later on, you know, because – and we know the Eagles are capable of playing better. 
Uh, and and they they just got to raise their, they got to they got to raise their game. They got to get it up. And uh, if anything, isn't that probably... funny, Gary? When you tell people that they get all bent out of shape and they think that that's in cement. We're, you and me are both saying on December fourth they're the best team in the NFL. Yes, January fourth right that could be completely different, without a doubt. And, and you know you got to be honest. Come on, right now they're the best team. The Eagles players will say that, but they know that they're not going to play the playoff game against them this week. They're not playing it this week or next week, but they know they got to get better. And, and that's going to be the, that's their challenge. They got to get better. Now I will say this, they started better than they have been. They didn't put those balls in the end zone. If they had scored touchdowns on the first yep. two drives, we probably would have had a different game. So, you know, they, they know that, uh, listen to Kelsey yesterday afterwards, this is what he was saying. I'm really just repeating what he was saying himself. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got to be an adult and realize, hey, we, we, we're we not as good as those guys right now. But a month from now, we might have to find out that uh, they might find out that we, we've, we've gotten our act together and we're playing better. One last question. Um, do the Eagles go into Dallas and win on Sunday? I'll tell you what. <laughs> Right now, I, I would say no. They, they, they got a, a different team has to show up because the deep that defense is going to stop Dallas the way Dallas has been playing right now. I, I could I would say no right now. I would say no. They they got to show me defense got to play much better uh, with the way Dak is playing. I, I would right now say no. Yeah, and and you got to remember something. They stopped DK Metcalf because he he you know he was eating that kid bland up. But they mm -hmm. did some adjusting, and that was Dan Quinn doing that stuff in the secondary, and they kind of slowed him down. And the other kid last year also had a thousand yards. So, yeah, I got to tell you, Seattle's not going to be easy. That's right. But I'll say this: sometimes a slap in the face is the best thing. That, it's the best thing you needed when somebody comes up and they hit you with one. They wake you up, man. That's <laughs> what my wife yesterday. does. They got hit That's yesterday. That's what my wife does. Snap out of it. So I know immediately what's going down. <laughs> Gary, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. I have a good one. You got it. The great Gary Cobb, Fox 29, former Philadelphia Eagle. Please hit the like button. We're going to take a look at week 13 of the NFL. There were some telling stories. Also, we're going to reset a little bit. On the Hey, it's not, it's not the nightmare on Elm Street. It's now officially been dubbed. The nightmare at the link. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Jags are the number one seed. What was their record? What was their record two years ago with Urban Meyer? And then the interim coach took over. What 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 was the record? Did they have two wins? Or like three or four wins? How many wins did they have when Doug took over? So Doug Peterson takes over. His first year, he wins a playoff game, a division title. Now he's going to have number one seed? Is, is, is that right? So Urban, after the Urban Liar mess, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to finish the playoff look right here. Damn, dude. That's a coach. Man, I love that coach. Man, that's a coach. Run it. No, no, we didn't talk about it with Jeffrey and Howie. Run it. So a guy who made that call in that Super Bowl in 2017 had to talk to people about beating Atlanta 17-14. That's like asking a... Maestro, why did you play the horns here more than the drums or the the harp or whatever, the drums? I'll take care of that. You stay in your kitty box. This is my kitty box. 
damn, that's a coach. Hard to believe that Tua, right now, as we speak, prior to tonight's game, the Dolphins are the number one seed, nine and three. Ravens are second, nine and three. Jags are third. They win tonight. They're number one. Chiefs are fourth, eight and four. You know, the one thing I'll always tell you about Andy Reid and his personnel decisions, ain't that good. That team has fallen. I mean, you take, it's Mahomes and Kelsey and nothing else on offense. The, the, what Even that guy needs somebody. Even a Juju Smith-Schuster will help him. Mike Tomlin, great. Hey, Mike Tomlin has Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. And he's seven and five. Could you imagine Mike Tomlin coaching the Eagles? Oh, wait, that would never happen because they can't stand strong-willed coaches in Philly. (laughs) That's what we've learned. They like newbie guys with behind the ears, you know. Not going to talk back to the teacher. Not going to have opinions. I'll take Julio. Sure. I'll take Julio. Kevin Stefanski doing a great. I don't believe the. How about a Shane? Hey, so let me ask you this. There's two things that I think that are also evident. So Shane Steichen was. I'm wrong. Shane Steichen was a better play caller than I thought. Or a better play designer or a better offensive designer of a system. He's missed. I think Eric Bieniemy is missed in Kansas City. How could Sam Howell go from being Sam Howell to being a guy who's leading the NFL in yards passing? Do you think that's got something to do with the guy who was in Kansas City? With the guy who threw for 5,400 yards? Right? And look what he's doing with Minchumania. <laughs> Gardner Minchumania. Gardner Minchu's a playoff quarterback. Texans are eight, seven, and five. Broncos drop a tough one. We'll talk about it. Six and six. The Bills at six and six. It's going to be an interesting race in the AFC side. Here's the NFC. <clears throat> when the Eagles lose to the Cowboys Sunday, everybody's going to be wedged right in there because then the Cowboys will be 10 and three. Eagles will be 10 and three. Niners will be 10 and three. The Lions will be 10 and three. Woo! Damn, that would be a race. Falcons sit there at the four hole at six and six. The Vikings, I don't know. Because then you start going from six, seven, eight, nine in the AFC, NFC, the garbage teams, Vikings, Packers, Rams, Seahawks. Now, one of those teams has a shot to win a Super Bowl. The Bucks are even in the 10th hole at five and seven. So really, the only teams in the NFC that are worth a shit are the Eagles, Niners, Lions, Cowboys. There's, there's four teams that are any kind of threat. The AFC, Dolphins, Ravens, Jags, Chiefs, 
I don't think anybody else. The Bills, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Toof. <laughs> Damn, Doug Peterson. Crazy. Crazy that he could get number one and have the number one seed. Number one seed, which would be in, in insanity. You know, so supposedly Slay's upset with a lot of people making comments about his tackling. You even heard Gary Cobb say it. So you're paying $14 million or $12 million in two corners who play center field and don't want to hit anybody. You know, when you watch, I'll tell you what really exposed the Eagle defense was watching San Francisco play defense. They got some ball. Hey, I thought Javon Hartgrave played great. I mean, he was great against the run. You think there's any coincidence having Green, Greenlaw and Warner behind him? Did you think there was any coincidence to that? Maybe the reason why the Eagle run defense the last two years, maybe the reason it was horrible, because the linebackers couldn't really tackle that hot. Right? Hardgrave made a good play. Well, you guys ran the ball for 46 yards. Made a good play. You guys couldn't get that legendary run game going. Not that you have all year. I'm going to agree something here with Gary Cobb here, and I want you guys to understand something. Do I think your football team can beat them in January? Yeah. Yes. Dan, in your opinion, how much do you think Shaq Leonard will help the defense going forward? He will. He'll help. Depth, leadership. Um, maybe communication-wise, I think he helps. I'll tell you something that they didn't do in this game that they did in the NFC title game. Did you guys notice it? Should we go after Gardner Johnson? No. Dan, in your opinion, how much do you think Shaq? Uh, I, I do think he's going to help. Shaq Leonard and Cunningham at linebacker? That could look good. What's the one thing you noticed on the 49er defense that was different than the NFC title game? What was the one thing that stuck out? What was the one thing that stuck out? Calvin. Amen. That's, you know what? I'm going to say this to you, Eagle guys. You just don't want to hear it, but you know it. Like Angelo said, you guys know it. You just don't want to hear it. That's right. Look at you. Linebackers were in quicksand. Absolutely. Can I tell you what really made that 49er defense look faster? Than last year, the lack of RPOs that you ran on Fred Warner, it, it was nowhere to be seen in that game 
on Sunday. And it was completely the difference in that game and why that team ran around the way they did. How many times did you see? I know Xander remembers this. How many times do you remember last year Jalen would have the ball? He'd be looking right at Fred. Fred's standing just like this. And he didn't know to attack or drop. And Jalen was freezing him. How many times did we see that? 15 times? Fred Warner was a non-factor in last year's game. This year, they didn't run the RPO at him. He was flying around that field, making tackles, knocking guys out. Greenwell was knocking those linebackers. You didn't freeze them like you did with the RPO game of a year ago. It was completely extinguished from this year's game plan. You made Fred Warner a factor, where last year you you, you made him a non-factor. If that's me against Dallas, you want to beat Dallas, and you want to win time of possession, and you want to win um, field position, and you want to keep Dak off the field, you need more RPOs. But get this, I think that's Howie. And the owner saying we're not going to run Jalen. The front office has changed your philosophy. Not the coordinator. I think Brian wants to run them. I think management doesn't. That's my take. You could take it forever you want. Nothing's changed. You got the same personnel. What's changed? Philosophy. And it was on display in the 49er game. The one thing that you did to that Niner defense, and he, you even did it to Boza. You nullified those guys with those RPOs. I, I thought Lane killed Boza more in this game than he did in the NFC title game. And you did not take advantage of it. Because Warner and Greenwell, dude, when Greenwell went off the field, I thought that was going to be a factor, but they had beat you up so bad already. It was over anyway. Like I said, after the 8-19 mark, that game was over and never competitive again. It was never competitive. And you you took the one part of the machine away that nullified the Steve Wilkes defense, or last year was D'Amico Ryans. You, you, you took it away. Why? Why did you change your philosophy and how you negated the Niner defense? You turned the Niner defense into their strengths, defending the pass, defending their second in the NFL and defending the run. By the way, it proved out to be true. You know, the Eagles, are, I mean, the 49ers are second in rush defense. Do you know that the 49ers are second? I think they were only giving up 15 points. Get this. Look at this. Everything that they were, you played into. You scored 19 points, right? They give up 15-5. Write down the number. They give up, they were under the rushing number. They might be the number one rush defense in the NFL after this 46-yard performance. Everything they did 
And the one thing that you did, you chant, you, ch- this has nothing to do with talent. Here's the frustrating thing. Peter, give them credit. Okay. Their effort, you know, they were healthier coming off a buy, all that. All right. But this take, this has nothing to do with effort. Follow me here. Changing philosophy has nothing to do with effort. When you take that RPO out and you have a quarterback who's not the greatest on progression reading, you get inconsistency in play calling. I agree with that. Abandoning the run? Dude, it's not so much abandoning the run. Get the RPOs back in there. They're afraid of getting Hurts hurt. They have a bigger fear of Jalen being hurt than winning a game. I don't know that's wrong. I don't I don't know if that's a wrong philosophy. I, I, I really don't. I'm not sure that's wrong. Okay? So I don't want to go, hey, man, you got to go out there. and I'm not sacrificing Jalen Hurts for the 49er game. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sacrificing him for the 49er game. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not going to go 20 RPOs against San Francisco and get that guy concussed. I missed the Cowboy game. I not only lose one game, but I lose two games. That, I, that's not where I'm at. And I probably think that's what they're thinking and where they're at is with that. So I think it's, would you guys agree? I think it's more important for the Eagle management that Hurts doesn't get hurt than win games. And they think Hurts is going to win 95% of the games anyway, and he has. And that's what they're going to, they're going to take a beating like that versus the Niners and not think anything about it. Because how many teams and I'm looking, I'm I'm thinking out loud here in a way. How many teams are you going to run into San Francisco with all those talented guys? Not many. How many teams have all those kind of players? I can't think of one in the NFC. I could think of a couple teams in the AFC side. But really, I mean, how many teams do you really see? I mean, does Dallas doesn't even have that? The kid Ferguson's coming along. Cooks is kind of getting in there. But Michael Gallup doesn't frighten you. C.D. Lamb's having a good year, but they don't really have Tony. Tony Pollard's not Christian McCaffrey. They got. They may have a better old line. They're not physical on defense. Dallas, when you look at them, they may be just healthier. And at home, and you've played all these tough games. Look, I think. Can I tell you this? I think Dallas can beat you, but then drop two more. You know what I mean? I mean, they're not going to run the table. A team that got their asses kicked by Arizona is not running the table. RTF goes, the Eagles needed to be humbled. No, dude, had nothing to do with that. They are a humble group. They know they got to fight for everything. They haven't won anything. Being humbled from what? They were humbled in the Super Bowl. They're not humbled in a 49er game. There's numerous reasons, and I told you, you're gonna, you know, guys, I laid it out for you how that game was gonna play out, and it did. I said in January, you could be better than them. 
Okay? And Maxson is right. It's fatigue. You know, you know when you guys were pounding your chest pretending that you were the gauntlet? Man, this is pro football. Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners. And you're three and one? Holy shit. And if you beat Dallas, you're four and one? I'll take it. I'll take one ass kicking and four and one. Wouldn't you? How about this? You beat Dallas and you end up four and one in this stretch. Are you are you cool with that? Yeah, but you got killed by the Niners. Eh, we'll see him again. Because guess what you have at the back end of your you got the Giants twice and you got the Cardinals in there. Me. So wait a minute. You know what I love people thinking? Well, the Giants and Cardinals are gonna play them tough. So you think they're going to play them tougher than the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Bills? <laughs> I don't care how tough you are. You're not beating that Eagle team if you're the Giants. The Giants were in two games, last, three games last year. Right? Am I right? The Giants were in three games last year against the Eagles, and they were all three non-competitive. Would you agree? And does anybody actually think – that the you know the Eagle defense may not have gotten better, but does anybody think that the Giants got better? I mean, you'll split with the Giants. You split with the Giants, you'll get bounced in the opening round of the playoffs. That's all you. Hey, I'll take the ass beating by the 49ers. That's a good team, and they hit you at the right time. You get beat by the Giants. You don't deserve to go to Super Bowl. The Niners game may help the Eagles. Dude, you watched a different game. You had no shot against them. And I said that on Monday of last week, all the way through the week, you have no chance to beat them. I just didn't think they kicked the shit out of you. Like that. You only had, get this, did he, you surely saw it, right? You you played, it was 52 minutes and you were out of gas. There was no more gas in the can. I mean, you were on fumes. You were, you were, you were like rolling downhill. And you had no way of stopping the train of the 49ers. You had no way. Couldn't tackle, couldn't wrap. Guys were out of position. Poor, poor pursuit angles. The whole deal. A couple of guys played great. Devontae was great. AJ was great. Lane was excellent. Hassan Reddick showed up. Uh, but it wasn't enough. And he had some talent issues. But wait a minute. Who's that? Who, hey, 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 uh, Xander, who's the Temple guy that beat the Niners? That was the quarterback for the Browns. Who's the Temple guy? PJ Walker? Is that his name? P.J. Walker beat that team. Really? Fletcher was good too, yeah. P- was it, is it P.J. Walker? He beat you. 
So Trent goes down. Debo goes down. Niners have shown you they dropped three in a row. That shows you what, see, a guy like Keon, who's in here all the time, doesn't know what he says. Every week is different in the NFL. Ten and one. And you ran into a team that didn't care whether you were ten and one and destroyed you. And now people are saying they're better than you. I don't know about being better than you. Okay? I think it's a collection of teams. I think it's Niners, Eagles, and I think it's the rest of them. That, that's my tier. Eagles and Niners are tier one. Lions and Cowboys are two. And then the rest of those bums. And, and um, the AFC, I think Ravens, Jags, Chiefs are tier one. Dolphins, two. Then the rest of them. What I mean is there's nothing like a smack in the mouth to wake you up. Okay. I'm I'm not I'm I'm open to that. We had a shitty day, it happens. You had it, yeah, but five star, if you understand why you had a shitty day, they expose some of the weaknesses of how get this. Think about think about this for a second, right, Yale? The 49ers didn't expose the team, they exposed Howie. Don't you guys agree? They exposed Howie. No power back, no linebackers, corners that are too old, and safeties. All positions he doesn't spend money on except the corners. Right? Look at that. Exposed Howie. And your coaches. Okay. Uh, you Like I pointed it out about Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni doesn't make more money than Kirk Ferentz, who's the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's not like they pay that guy big money. Kirk Ferentz makes $8 bucks a year. And he's like a 9-3 Iowa Hawkeye team. Not like they're spending large money on a guy like Sirianni. Okay, coaching you're not spending money on, linebackers, safeties, and running back. And the 49ers exposed Howie. Yale goes, let's see how they respond against Dallas. Yale, I think Dallas is healthier, but are they in the same level with San Francisco? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, I'm going to reset. We're going to take a look at week 13 of the NFL. Power hour's coming up. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Dom's now being offered uh, head of security of some porn company. I like it. <laughs> this guy's got a hey man, way to go. Hey, I never ever in a million years remember something about porn and alcohol, recession proof and garbage. Okay, take it from a former stockbroker. Porn, garbage, okay, and alcohol, recession proof. You never have to worry. Greatest stock I ever pitched was waste management. One of the greatest of all time. You were saying we could go four and one. Brian Johnson is a non-factor for Jalen Hurts. Just watch the sidelines. You can see Jalen not with play calls. That, that, That guy needs to be fired. Okay? He needs to be fired, Brian Johnson. You hire a $2 offensive coordinator with a $50 million quarterback. Make that make sense. Wouldn't you want the most skilled people, unless you were afraid of somebody overruling you? Howie and the owner want you, as Angelo said today, all on their page, not on the right page. I think there's too many voices in Philadelphia. There's no clarity. Your game plan dictates that. There's no clarity in your game plan. There was complete clarity with Kyle Shanahan. John Lynch runs the personnel with influence from Kyle. Kyle runs the team. There's no debating that. You see now, San Francisco exposed so much of how the teams run. 
It's it's completely exposed. San Francisco, I, why were the passing lanes yesterday so wide open and the Eagles and their passing lanes weren't? Is San Francisco got that much of a gap on defensive skill set people versus Philly? I thought you guys were telling me this was a good football team. No, you mean you have a good offense at times. Fatigue? I, I, I'm the one pimping that. Yes. But you're, you're, you're not doing things to help your team. Like I said, you taking the – do we not agree there were two weapons last year that kept teams on their heels? What were they? The brotherly shove and the RPO game. You have still the brotherly shove. The RPO is out. San Francisco looked like a completely different defense with you not running RPOs at them. Lazy-ass tackling is a result of fatigue, in my opinion. And poor talent. There's two things there. There's two things there. Some of the decision-making was questionable. It was just questionable. It's not a championship defense. Um, I'm going to, and you know what? And I know a lot of you don't want to hear it. I brought it up in the first hour and I'll say it one more time. Howie Roseman's decision to hang with N'Kobe Dean as the answer to the Mike linebacker is the reason why you signed Shaq Leonard today. And it's the third guy you walked off the street into your building. Howie is now under the realization that Dean may not be the guy. And he knows this now. And he's trying to do it with streetwalkers. He got lucky a year. Now, I don't know lucky because Sue and Linville Joseph are good football players. Um, you probably, when I say lucky, probably were lucky that they still had something in the tank left. And Leonard, you're going to have to get lucky with him on health if he could stay healthy. Okay? Because I don't think he's with a lack of talent. I just think he has a bad run of bad health right now. Like, he's not Robert Quinn. Okay? He's not Robert Quinn. That's not how I look at him. But the thing with Dean, when you guys were fighting me, kept telling me that he was going to be a superstar, I said, not a chance in hell. That guy won't make the year. I said, he won't make the year. And you're like, no, nah, this guy's going to go. He played 34 plays, and you're going to put the green dot on him. He was he, – he, losing Dean on your defense is almost the equivalent of losing Jalen Hurts because the guy with the green dot is your quarterback on defense, sets the fronts, sets the coverage. It's an important part of not just seeing the dynamics of what teams are trying to do to you, which he hadn't seen. You were asking him to do an unbelievable thing, which I thought was way in over his head. But Howie, because of his ego, thought the kid could do it because he drafted him. Well, he sucked at drafting linebackers. Why would I believe he would draft another one or a guy 
who was going to change the landscape of your defense. He wasn't. He hasn't. That's a failure. When you're going into week 14 having to sign a guy because you don't have any more people and you didn't have a Mike linebacker from day one, do you think there's any coincidence that your Mike linebacker is the reason your secondary is shit? And that tight ends in the NFL have more success against the Eagles than any other team in the league. That's not by coincidence. Teams don't have to run the ball at you anymore. They throw the ball at Philly. Why would I run into Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter when I could go against guys who are unemployed? Why would I do that? That's not even a fundamental philosophical approach to it. Who's the lesser talented guys? The linebackers. Let's go there. So I'm going to run into a strength. I would never do that. I'm going to run into a weakness. Teams have figured you out. Dude, nothing could have been more on display when Kittle had that chip and release. The Eagles didn't even see it. Like, the secondary guys went back. The linebackers never saw him, and they were chasing. It was Merle's guy. He 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 blocks him. Kittle blocked him, stopped him from getting to the quarterback. Had a release. He looked like Gronk. Went down the sidelines for a twenty-five yard gain. No answer for that. Senor says it's Reddick was Reddick can't cover tight ends. How many times have I told you that? He can't cover tight ends. Been telling you for two years. Jesus criminy. Cornerbacks, James Trashberry and Paper Mache Slay were terrible. 28 million bucks wrapped up in two guys who sucked all year. And by the way, the biggest problem you have with those two guys now, now you're being accused of being soft. Seth is calling them soft. And and, and so is Gary Cobb. Calling you soft. One seventy four, one sixty eight, one forty eight. You know what those numbers represent? Teams running you over def- offensively, not even throwing the ball, dude. When you get a quarterback that's one forty eight quarterback rating, throws for three hundred thirty three yards on you, and you're running the ball for one hundred forty six yards, you have no chance to win that game. The Eagles run attack. I don't know. They don't want to hurt Hurts. They've completely eliminated it. 
from your offense. You're not the same offense. The Eagles are 32nd and third down surrendered. You're the worst team in the league. That's why most teams are third and one. I can't think of how many times the Eagles were third and nine, third and seven, and San Francisco was third and one. Lane, you wasted a great performance by Lane Johnson. Completely wasted. I thought he beat him up more in this game than he did in the NFC title game. I mean, Boza couldn't get around. Boza got a couple pressures, but uh, it was the other guys that were getting the sacks and pressures on Hurts. wasn't Boza. Lane, Lane was great, and Trent Williams annihilated Brandy Graham. Annihilated him. Anytime they needed six yards, run right at Brandon Graham. They knew it. And Trent ran him over. That guy's some ball player. And as I said, too, I'll tell you this. I think there's no question. You saw the two best offensive tackles in pro football on display in that game. Okay? Reddick showed up. Coaches didn't. Ton of missed tackles. First downs right down the board, but you guys got your numbers were all junk numbers. No, I'll take that back. Eight minutes of quality football Philadelphia played in that game. The rest of it garbage. Played 819 of quality football. The rest of it was terrible. They were just running the ball all over you. Get the amount of damage they did on you. Let me let me let me take a look at this. I want to be exact on this to show you the difference in what what happened in this ball game here. Let me show you something here. Where are these things? So the Niners, fifty-seven plays they ran. At 8.2 yards a play. You guys averaged four yards a play. They were doubling, doubling you in offensive output per play for every play you ran it you got four they got eight they doubled you and we're more effective and efficient Jalen got garbage passing yards rushing was awesome Brock Purdy is here to stay let me see what that guy's numbers are right now on the season even and where he's at right now. 19 to 27 um, for 314, four touchdowns, no turnovers. And you guys were praying that he would have some turnovers. 
Brock Purdy stats. Brock Purdy right now is on pace for 40. Get this. Jalen Hurts treated like Randall Cunningham where they stopping Hurts from using all his abilities. Yeah, you're hiring non-experienced coordinators. Brock Purdy right now is on pace for 70% completion percentage, 4,500 yards, 33 touchdowns, nine picks, 116 quarterback rating. And you're going to try to tell me you think that guy's a game manager? I'll take that all day long. 33 touchdowns, nine picks? Shit, your guy's got nine picks already. More than that. Brock Purdy's having a better season than Hurts. Probably don't want to hear that either. But he is. 26 of 45, 298, one, no. INTs, 85-2 rating. Pretty doubled them pretty much in rating, 148-8. McCaffrey, 7-93. Boy, is he a great ball player. Holy cow, is Christian McCaffrey a great football player. If you had to rank the best ball players on the field yesterday, who would you rank one? I'm going McCaffrey. Who was the second best ball player on the field on Sunday? Trent Williams? I'm going to go lane three. Debo, four? Got to go Purdy five. AJ six. Kittle. Eight. Devante. Ayuk, Warner, Reddick, San Francisco wanted that game badly. No, I got, I got, I got eight. I got Devonte. I got a mate. Thought he was better than Ayuk. I thought Ayuk was really good. He wasn't better than Kittle. The impact plays Kittle made. Okay. They're going to have to see a hungry Eagles team. They embarrassed in the playoffs. I like our chances if coaching learns how to run the damn ball gator boys that's not going to happen fletcher cox was good too fletcher was good fletcher played really good football 
He did. I thought he played really well. Okay. Brock Purdy was great. Jalen probably 13, 12, somewhere in there. I didn't really think he played well. I thought he was okay. Devontae was great. I, I, hey, Xander, I'm wrong about him. Okay? I'm totally wrong about him. That guy's a good football player. And more importantly, he's tough. Dude, the guy's tough as shit, man. So get this. So if I'm not mistaken, when Jalen Hurts was at Alabama, I think he either had Lane or he had Steve Sarkeesian, right? He's got his team in the Final Four. And in that Bama room, you had Calvin Ridley. Yeah, you had, I don't know if Waddle was there. But all those players that you had in that wide receiver room, when Smith was there and all them really great players, look at the coordinator he had. Look at look at all the great coaches he had. And you give him Brian Johnson. Judy. Judy was there. That's right. I think Amari was already with the Raiders. But look at the, look at the coordinators he had. Lincoln Riley's a play calling guy, so they say. And you give him Brian Johnson. And by the way, Shane Steichen's proven to be a, a coach that knew knew what he was doing. What what are they right now? The Colts are in the six hole. They're seven and five. He's fighting for Coach of the Year award. Shane Steichen has taken Gardner Minshew. Potentially to the playoffs. This is going to, you know, one thing I will say, though, you know, it's going to be really cool. The the run for the um, playoffs for home field, I think is going to be really something to watch. And this is why the NFL gets, boy, hey, what do you guys think the ratings will be for that game, that 49er game? 41 million, 42 million. That game's going to get gargantuan numbers. That Cowboy game next week, probably 45 million. 45 million people are going to watch that game. Big D, Cowboys, Eagles, that game's going to get 45 million at least. All right, real quick, then we'll talk a little bit about Doug tonight. Week 13 of the NFL, we just talked about Minshew. Look at the job that Shane's done. Seven and five, they get a win, 31-28 over Tennessee. Tennessee's on vapors. Did you see what Tennessee also told the um, New England Patriots? If you decide to make a move with Belichick, Vrabel's not going anywhere. Mike Vrabel's their guy. He ain't going anywhere. Good job, Gardner Minshew. Seven and five, who would have thunk it? Have who let me let me say the, the Patriots two and ten they lose six nothing to the Chargers. I don't know who's done a worse coaching job this year, Bill Belichick or Brandon Staley. But if I had to choose, I'm gonna choose Brandon Staley because Brandon Staley 
How can you have all that talent on that football team? Khalil Mack's having a great year. You got Derwin James. You got Joey Bozum. You you've got Austin Eckler. I mean, you've got Keenan Allen. You you've got Justin Herbert. How are you not in the playoff contention? How are you not in playoff contention? How that guy has kept his job is remarkable. Detroit. I mean, they had to eke it out against the Saints, 33-28. 213 and two touchdowns for Jared Goff. Do you are you buying the nine and three Lions? I don't know yet. I saw the Ravens beat the piss out of them. Okay. I saw the Ravens kill them. So I don't know. I do love to hey, the kid Gibbs looks great. The running back from Bama. Um, I think Xander was like a big fan of him. And he said, Kill Sills, this guy's great. He is. You see why they moved. By the way, you see why the Lions moved off of DeAndre Swift. Because the kid Gibbs is more physical of a runner. And the kid Montgomery, they got two from Chicago. They got more of a physical running attack in Detroit now than they did a year ago. They probably have the third best O-line in pro football with Panay Sewell. You see why Detroit moved off of, and by the way, they used to move Swift out of uh, red zone running anyway. They never really used him in Detroit anyway. Atlanta, New York, Jets, 13-8. Atlanta, 6-6. Six and six. If you're Aaron Rodgers, why are you coming back? For what? For your brand? You want to sell some jockeys or some mushrooms? Okay. I mean, you know, the only thing that I would be doing right now if I was Aaron Rodgers, and this is Aaron Rodgers, he should go back to hanging out um, at mushroom and marijuana conventions. You know, he'd probably be able to get a good job being a spokesperson for a mushroom factory somewhere. You know, you go out to California and you go out to Kami, California, and you sit there and you could go to Fresno or either Sacramento or San Francisco. And you could get speeches to like, um, you know, mushroom conferences. You know, those conventions you have where guys are sitting around in tents. Yeah, man, try this. It's called the Aaron Rodgers shroom. <laughs> How do I know it's good? Well, you'll see the puff come through this chimney like the Pope's being elected. <laughs> How do I know Aaron's better? Well, the chimney, dude, like the Cardinal, you know, when the Pope's elected. That's when you know he's healthy. That's when you know. You'll know when Aaron Rodgers plays again. When the smoke comes out of his teepee or that thingy goes into darkness. Oh, there it is. Holy cow. Look at it. There's smoke. Yeah, it's not just smoke. <laughs> uh, Arizona, Pittsburgh, the greatness of Jonathan Gannon comes through with Kyler Murray. Holy cow. James Conner, I love that story. Kid had cancer at Pitt. 25 carries, 105, two TDs. 24-10, they beat Pittsburgh. You see what Kyler Murray said? This was an enormous win. Yeah, for your career, I'm sure. Miami, Washington. Look at Tua, man. How much you pay Tua at the end of the year? Nine and three. 
number one seed as of right now, 282 touchdowns. How much are you going to pay to him? What 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 would you what would you give to him? Would you give him a Hertz deal? Three years, fifty million per. What would you give to him? Chris Greer is going to have to make a decision. The general manager of the Dolphins, and that's crazy ass owner of theirs, Stephen Ross. They're going to have to make a decision. You give him fifty. You pay him more than Joe Burrow. You're going to pay Tug of Viola? Keon says $38 million. I think that's what Gino, 33 or 38 I think it's somewhere in there. $50 million if he gets to the AFC title game. I'm going to give him a Hurts deal. Can you imagine that? The only, it, hey, two quarterbacks that were at Alabama at the same time making $50 million a year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey. That's – and then you get that other guy that who's going to lose his job, but Mac Jones, right? I mean, dude, you had two quarterbacks in the building that are making $50 million a year at Alabama? Shit. That's getting it done. That's called recruiting. Denver at Houston. Dude, this guy Stroud is great. 22 of 17. He's the first Ohio State quarterback in program history who's worth a the shit. They're 7 and 5, 274. Um, one touchdown. He's so good, isn't he? Carolina, Tampa Bay. Bucks are kind of still in it. I think they're in the 10 hole. Um, 21-18, Bucks, Mayfield 202, 5 and 7. How about this little gem here? Something to keep an eye on. Cleveland at the Rams, 36-19. Matthew Stafford, 279, three touchdowns. The Rams are six and six. What a great coaching job, Sean McVay. I didn't know you had shit in the building there. That's not bad. Okay. Kansas City at Green Bay. This here, man. Oof, Jordan Love. Two, 267. Three touchdowns. And they're six and six. Matt LaFleur turning it around. Hey, if you're the Jets and you see this disaster and all the first rounders that you gave, and now Jordan Love is riding the ship and the Jets got nothing this year from Rodgers. Wow, what a grand slam. What a grand slam for the Packers. If this guy ends up being the guy, that's a grand slam. That's a grand slam, man. All right. Tonight, Cincinnati and Jacksonville, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Also, some other news. Cowboy-related, heading into the big game against the Eagles on Sunday. I want to hit on all that. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. 
Football and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Please hit the like button here. One thing before we get into tonight's game. If I were game planning after what happened on Sunday and I'm the coaching staff, I think you have to have a come to Jesus conversation about who you are. What's the identity? Hey, what's the identity of the Eagles right now? Here, let's let's do this. What was the identity of the Philadelphia Eagles in 2022? Run the ball at you, play tough defense, knock the shit out of you, right? There's nothing remotely close to any of that this year. And people will go, well, look at the numbers we've put up, okay? Look at the numbers you've put up. Agreed. Look, look at the schedule you've played. No question. By the way, 10 and 2 with an ass beating. Are you okay with that, Sills? To this point, probably. Like, do I think that 10 and 2 
Okay? Do I think that 10 and 2 is an indictment on the season? In some ways, it's an indictment more on how you prepared the team for 2000. You see, some of you have a mentality like a college. Xander knows what I'm talking about here when you're talking about college football teams. At the beginning of the year, you see a top 25 ranking. And you're under the assumption that those football teams, and you're under the assumption that those teams are going to be great. All of a sudden, you find out they're really not all that great. And they're eight and five. Well, it's not what you thought. That's kind of where the Eagles are. Eagles had a 10 and one record. They got killed. Okay. It really is going to be what Yale said. It's going to be how well you see over the next two weeks. I think the next two weeks are going to determine how you play the rest of the year. Because you've got Dallas and Seattle. After that, it's really a bunch of nobodies. And you could be able to coast home. But you'll, you're going to know who you are these next two weeks. It, 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 here's, here's the case. You have two mismatches, and both teams you can beat. They're not San Francisco. Like, do I think the Cowboys – hey, are the Cowboys favored in this game? Are the Cowboys favored in this game? Are they open up a um, – the Cowboys are favored by three and a half. Holy cow. Vegas and Atlantic City uh, doesn't believe in Philadelphia anymore. Wow, a 10 and 2 team is a three and a half point dog heading into Dallas that you've already beat. It's not a good sign. Still, you go with the point spread? Yeah, because those people actually put money on the game. Okay? I could sit here and tell you all my bullshit all you want. Okay? But those guys actually put the money on the line. Home team gets three points. See what Senor just did? Home team gets three points? Unless you're San Francisco and Philly. They got three and a half. In your own building. Home team gets three points. You didn't. So you're telling me then, oh, okay. To to what to what he said then, basically, it was a six-point spread. Turned out to be true. <laughs> uh, woo! Hey, LJ, after getting your ass kicked, you should walk around in 49er knee pads, man, the way you were talking about how you were going to blow them out. They blew you out. I don't root for a team. I told you this. I don't root for teams. I root for fan bases. I like talking sports to fan bases. Give a shit. That's why I have no vested. That's what Angelo said. Give a shit about that stuff. Yeah, you know, you don't see me waving pom poms. I'll do any of that. Okay. 49ers caught the Eagles after they played the Chiefs and Bills. Oh, now you're using my line of thinking. <laughs> 
damn, senor. Shit, dude. You were fighting me all week on that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Don't race, senor. I got you, Bobby. We're good, dude. Be all right. All right. Tonight, Doug Peterson goes for the number one seed in the AFC. So this guy, what was what was his record? What was his record last year? What did what did the um what did the Jaguars finish? Did they finish with 10 wins last year? Yeah, they finished with 10 games. Got a playoff win too. Now Doug goes for the number one seed. So it would move everyone down the list. They would be the number one seed. The Browns would get knocked out. No, no. Yeah, it would just flip. And the Ravens would move. Yeah, and the the, the Chiefs would move down one. Yeah, and, and, and the Jags would flip with the Dolphins. They were nine and eight, turning a shitty culture around. It's absolutely incredible job, Doug. What do you got tonight? Indy seven and five, actually. What do you got for tonight? I say this. It's going to be a close game. I say tonight, 28-21, Jaguars move to nine and three on the season and have the number one seed in the AFC. Who would have ever thought that Howie Roseman may be running into a game for the second year in a row? Versus a former Eagle head coach that he fired. <laughs> yeah. Could that not, hey, would that not be great? And the guy who delivered the Lombardi trophy could be the guy you're facing if you're so lucky to get to Las Vegas. Doug Peterson versus the Eagles would be, oh my God, I would love that. Huh. Eagle fans would be sitting there going, oh, no. Nick Sirianni versus Doug Peterson. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Okay, Jags stink, but Eagles were, or uh, Bengals worse. Really? For real, Sills. Tried to rub it in our face. I'm not rubbing. No, no. I think the firing of Doug Peterson was a joke. Yes, sir. Eagles aren't making it out of round one in the playoffs. That's why they need home field. As I told you, Matt, the one thing about the Philadelphia Eagles, every time they've gone to the Super Bowl, they've hosted home field. They have never gone to a Super Bowl in their franchise's history not hosting home field. Sills, three-time pro bowler, corner, Xavier Rhodes is a free agent. He's one year older than Slay, but do you think the Eagles should give him a call? Right now, they need every kind of help they can possibly get. They, they, um, coins, I wouldn't have a problem calling that. All right, listen, guys. Let me close this up by doing this. Let, 
the Cowboy game will be an indication how they're going to play the rest of the way out. How they how about how they respond? Do I think Dallas is as good as San Fran? Absolutely not. San Fran has more talent on their football team than any team in the league, or offensively, as good as Philly. It's your defense that's the problem. It's your defense and the coaching. That's my issue with Philly. And that's why on this day, today, the 4th, 49ers the best team in the NFL. All right, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We send a lot of love to our friend Tone. Xander, awesome stuff. Big Joe, we, we love you. Thank you so much. Two to six tomorrow, Eastern time, and we shall see you on the flip side. Hooters, the perfect saving money on exterior wall lights now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save